Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff Stuff I Heard podcast. I stumbled over my own doggone name of my own podcast. What What's wrong with me? Um, anyway, this is uh, episode 221. And May the 1st, I just happened to have uh, Alex Condor here. Say hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is pretty cool. I like the uh, the Zoom being able to talk to you. And you're in Oregon now. Is that right? That's correct. What made you decide to go to Oregon, of all places? Was it a job or... Um, well, I was getting out of the, getting out of the Navy and, uh, yeah, I had to find a new job that I wanted and happened to have an opportunity out here and I wanted to go move somewhere that they had legal cannabis. So Oregon right. was one of them. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My son is up in uh, Mulcatillo, Washington. Um, and I like the climate change. I mean, I like how cool it is out there. Do you guys have a big problem with like mosquitoes and stuff during the summer? Um, so I haven't actually been here in the summer yet. Um, so we'll find out. Uh, but this part of Oregon is a little different from what, uh, you might think of with Pacific Northwest, um, type of weather. Uh, this is technical cause it's on the other side of the Cascade mountains from oh. Portland. Okay. So all the weather systems get completely blocked coming in and this area is called a high desert climate. So, they average like 10 inches of rain per year. Wow. Whereas, yeah, over in South Carolina, it's about 41 inches of rain per year. Yeah. So this is like a really cool, or not cool, but uh, cool at night, warm in the day, desert type atmosphere out here. So do you have, because of the, the water um, coming in, do you have a lot of snow or is it just mostly rain? They, they get more snow. Um, I can't remember what the statistic is on it, but yeah, they definitely do get snow. Um, yeah. not too crazy where I'm at. Um, maybe, maybe a couple feet a year. Um, like this past winter I was here for, it only snowed maybe three different times of any like significant amount, but yeah. I can see the mountains right out my window here and they are still covered in snow. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where Draven's at, he's on the, the Bay side of Seattle. Uh, just north of them, but it's because of the way the the Pacific brings the warm air up from Hawaii, they get a lot of rain, but they don't get any snow. All the snows, like you said, towards that side of the mountains. Yeah. So he's like, for us, it's just wet all the time. He's yeah. like, it's, it's just like, he goes, and it's not like a, he's, a, you know, not like a South Carolina rain where it just, you know, holy frogs and whatever. <laughs> he said, it's just like a misty rain kind of most of the time. He goes, which is actually nice because you don't actually need an umbrella. You can kind of get around in it without anything. And you're like, oh, it's just, it's drizzle. Okay. Yeah. I want to say up there in Washington, they're actually, parts of it are actually classified as a rainforest. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Where they're at, um, we went and visited last year. It was very green and lush. I mean, you could tell that the vegetation there was just thriving. Um, I was really impressed at the size of the trees. There's a lot of those great big like fir trees and spruce trees where it would take, you know, several grown men to reach around the trunk. I was just like, oh, this is so cool looking. Yeah, but, they're uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I was just, uh, before we got on here, I was telling you I went to Lowe's and and I've been working on some stuff now that we're furloughed for, you know, a reduced work schedule. Um, so I've been trying to keep myself busy. Uh, yesterday, I went out in the garage and I built a chair. I was just like, well, I think I'll build a chair. <laughs> and I did. Nice. Um, I haven't finished it. I was going to wait and do a uh, uh, clear at one time whenever I had the stuff built I wanted to build. I kind of had in my head of building a chair and two tables. I needed two tables for the back porch. 
And so I built the chair yesterday and then I started building a table today and I ran out of screws and I was like, are you kidding me? How haven't I run out of school, screws right in the middle of this? And I had, I had stuff out in the yard. I had stuff on this side of the house and that side. And I was just like, Oh crap. It's like one 30. I can clean up real quick. You and I were going to do this at three. I was like, I can clean up real quick. I can go to Lowe's, went to Lowe's and there's a line. There's like a, they're, they're ushering you to get in line at one part of the store and then wait as they count people in and out. There's people yeah. in the door and they're like counting people in and out. But I was like, all right, well I need pot and soil. Let me just go in the lawn and garden. And I grabbed a small thing of pot and soil and went to walk through the inside and they were like, no, nah, we can't, can't let you in. I was like, what? He goes, well, we're doing inventory and blah, blah, blah. And we just, you got to pay for that. Take it out to your car and then go back in the other way and wait in line. And I was like, no. And I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of tossed my card to him and it was, was a butthole. And, <laughs> and I just left him his pot and soul there. I was like, screw this. I don't, I don't even want it, you know. Um, but I did go inside and I did get the stuff I needed. I got some screws and stuff like that. And I don't know. It. Looking at the shelves, no one in there knows what's going on. Like, Nobody actually works in the department you need. If you're asking for help, they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't work in this department. And I'm like, why don't I just buy the stuff online? I mean, this is just more and more this crap is pushing you to buy online because it's like you, you can't get the stuff you want when you're asking people. And I don't know. It, it's aggravating, you know, because if you if you go to somewhere like Ace Hardware, I mean, yeah, you're going to get help, but you're going to pay an arm and a leg for stuff there just because yeah. they, they upsell everything so much, you know. I wish there was a happy medium in between, but there's really not. You either get the big box stores where you get crappy help and, and good prices or, you know, you go to somewhere expensive or you buy online. I mean. Yeah, really I'd say the uh, the only happy medium I can really think of there is to try and, and it, it you can't do it for everything, but to try and buy products from more boutique providers, you know, people that, you know, oh, I make custom potting soil at my house. That's what I do. I make potting soil. And you're like, Oh crap. Well, I'll buy the potting soil from Janice across town. You know, she does a compost thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a way to kind of support people on a more individual level while, uh, still having access, I guess. Janice sounds like the kind of person on uh, one of those property buying shows. It's like, and my <laughs> husband collects butterflies. Our budget is $3 million. You're like, what? Right. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have the most BS jobs and they're like, and our budget is, and they, you know, some astronomical millions of dollars they have a budget for. I'm like, who are you people? What the, yeah. I don't, I don't know on? how, I don't know how they manage that stuff. They have to, must be family help or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. It's got to be inherited money or something. Yeah. The, you know, I'm always amazed by those shows, especially like property brothers where um, they've learned how to make money on, not only selling the old, the person's old house, because one of the brothers is a realtor, but then selling them the new house. And then you got a guy doing renovations and they're selling it as a TV show. So they get production costs, they get everything. And of course, during the renovation, they just go, and they'll just run you about 10,000. They go, okay. <laughs> so like everything they upsell is like a, of course, that'll be 20 grand and this will be 30 grand. They just go, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always amazed that they're just like, we're on board. And I'm like, wait, well, where's the, where's the negotiation where you guys like, you don't want to see a line item information thing, a bid here. You yeah. Know? Uh, so I don't, I don't know about property brothers, but, uh, some of the, some of the shows on the, on HGTV are, are kind of set up or yeah. faked. Um, what is it? The one where 
the one where you, you see the couple go to like three different houses and you're like, yeah. oh, which one are they going to pick? Yeah. Well, apparently you have to already have bought the home to apply to go on there. Oh. Uh, yeah. So they show you some crappy houses and then you go, I don't know, we're going to talk about it. And yeah. Then you go, we think this one. Yeah, I always thought that was really crappy that they only showed them three houses and I'm like, can I see some more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you telling me that's all the, these people were like, well, yeah. those three, I guess I'll pick. It's the only ones I have. It's sort of like that show I watched when I was a kid. They're like, would you like what's behind curtain number one or curtain number two or trade it for this box? And you're like, I think I'm going to go with a box. And you're like, no, it's not. It's a donkey. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anywho, um, I've been asking people what they've been doing to keep themselves busy during the quarantine thing. Are you, are you full-time working or are you, you got time to burn or what's going on? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm full-time working. Um, I've, I was considered, uh, essential. So I've had to continue to work and it's not a job I can do away really. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, as far as keeping busy, um, mostly the same stuff I always did. It's video games and TV, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people um, are going crazy for the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Are you doing that? I haven't gotten it yet. Um okay. I saw you and Alex talked about it on uh one of your recent episodes there. Um Yeah. Yeah, I I need to get it. I'm I don't know if I want to get it yet though because I never got the PS4 Pro. I have the the standard PS4. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm thinking if I just wait till the PS5, it'll be like the best experience you could get with the new final fantasy seven, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to be limited by the regular PS4. Yeah. Well, and I saw images of the PS5 that it looks like a, like a spaceship type horseshoe thing. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's amazing yeah, I, looking. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to keep that design or not, but uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting looking for sure. Yeah. I, um, I have not upgraded in a long time. So for me, games have sort of leapfrogged my ability. Um, there was a time where I was very competitive with everything that was out, you know, PlayStation original and then the Xbox. And then when they upgraded to the next level, they added more buttons to everything. And I just, it just surpassed my, my mental capacity to do anything. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I remember you were, you were still playing games back when I was in high school. So I don't yeah. know, 15 years ago or so you were still, uh, I think we were playing like Knights of the Old Republic or something back then. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing Knights of the Old Republic, um, but that was on the original Xbox. Yeah. So when they upgraded to the next one, it was, that was it. I was just out. I got to watch it all happen and wave. And, <laughs> you know, I was sort of uh, in a way, <clears throat> I could sort of see the future of Twitch because I was sitting around watching my three kids play stuff and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But I didn't have the, the mindset to go, let's put it online. Yeah. Who would have thought Twitch would have been a thing? Yeah, it, it, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but uh, it, it took off, you know, pretty hard. Um, I think uh, but right before that came out, it was mostly just recording what you were doing and maybe making like a montage or something. And then you post it up onto YouTube. You know, yeah. that was when did YouTube come out? 2009? No, it was something like 2006 or seven. Cause oh, wow. my, my grandfather died in 2008 and my dad and I had a conversation about, 
he knew how to do a lot of stuff that I didn't learn from him or his dad. And he was like, well, there's this thing called YouTube. I'm going to start making videos. And I'd heard of YouTube, but dad started then. And I want to say it was either 2006 or 2007 um, when, when it first became a thing. And he was one of the first ones in. So yeah. now, like, if you go on uh, YouTube and look up R Peak, R stands for Richard, obviously, and Peak. Um, he's got, like, 28,000 subscribers, and he does... <laughs> he literally puts out like six videos a day of doing all kinds of stuff, you know? Wow. He's been, uh, I think his first video was him, um, setting the valves on that Rambler that I ended up being mine for a while. And then went back to him. He had put a, a, a motor in it and, and had set the valves and was showing people how to do it. That was his very first video. So, you know, from there he started doing brake jobs and started doing, you know, video and everything. This is how you do a brake job. I'm going to do a simple conversion, changing out the, I'm going to convert this drum over to a disc. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to show you how to do some simple plumbing stuff. Okay. We're going to replace this. He bought an old dilapidated house that, that was built back in the 1800s. It had no nails in it. It was all like wooden pegs that they had drilled holes and then hammered wood pegs in. He replaced everything in the house, put new windows on, put a new roof, put, you know, had to jack up the floor because the floor was sagging in, had to redo the entire basement. He showed people how to lift a house using these, these, you know, giant, um, jacks that you literally put a block in and you put a, you put a thing in there and you, you know, you either jack it up this way or you twist a thing this way and it raises it up. And he had to like re-level his house. It was crazy, That's crazy. Stuff that he did. Um, but he filmed every bit of it. And then, you know, from there he started, you know, showing people how to play the banjo. As a matter of fact, he just put out a video recently. He said he's going to create uh, three more channels because people are always all the time asking him, Hey, where's your videos on your banjo stuff? Where's your videos on this, on this rat rod that you built? Where's the videos on this? And he was like, I realized I've got over 7,000 videos that I've put out. He's like, I should just make a channel and move all of those stuff over there. And that way, if people just want banjo stuff, they can go there. And if they want car stuff, they can go there. And if they want house yeah. stuff, they can. He goes, so I'm making more channels. And I was like, wait, you're 66 and you're retired and you're, you're making more channels? And he's like, yeah, why not? I got time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're you're 66 and retired, I mean, that's that's a pretty awesome way to spend it. I think. Um, yeah. You know, I like well, that he's using YouTube in a productive way. You know, and it all started off. He he was just going to show me how to do some things, and then people started watching because that's the you know nature of YouTube is people start watching and before you know it, they're looking up keywords and you know how do I blah blah blah. And of course, most of his videos is how to do things. So, you know, it just sort of grew very naturally. People were sharing it and stuff, but um, he's the one that got me started. Yeah. Since YouTube came out, I haven't looked at a Chilton or Haynes manual while working on a car. Like it's, it's all on there. Like 1998 Ford Explorer, uh, oil change, whatever. Right. There's some guy has posted a video of that exact vehicle. You know, it's pretty cool. Not only that, but like, You'll if you start creating your own videos, you'll watch somebody else's video and it'll be a really crappy video where they won't even talk to the people that are watching the video. It'll yeah. just be some guy breathing, walking around <laughs> with the camera, and you're like, What am I looking at? Is is the sound on? You're like checking the sound and it's like, What what is this? And you're going, I'm working on the same thing, and all of a sudden it's like a light bulb moment. You go, Make your own video. Oh, I should make my own video. You can just make <laughs> one better than that one, and yeah, you know, then it becomes a thing. But um, I think one of my bigger videos is just how to turn up your hot water heater because when we moved in this house, 
the hot, the water was not very hot. And my wife just kept on me about, you know, this has got to be hotter. There's no way it can be this low. And I found the book and the book didn't look like the unit that I had. And I went online and nobody had a video online with one that looked like mine. And I was like, okay, what do I do? So I got out there literally with a screwdriver and just started taking panels off of things and looking around going, I don't see it. I don't see where the little buttons are to, to, to turn, to, 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 to turn, a, uh, turn a heat up. And then when I figured it out, I was like, I should make a video. So I made a video and now people write me all the time. I get a lot of people going, just get to the point, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I made this thing back in like 2011. Get over it, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But I always tell people if, if they got a crappy comment, I was like, you're totally right. You should make your own video. See what happens. You know? Yeah. But anywho, you know, it's a journey. We're all learning. We're all learning from each other. I'm just amazed at the accelerated rate that we're all learning. I mean, I guess because of the internet, we've allowed to distract ourselves at an infinite ability and we've been allowed to learn at an infinite ability. It just depends on what you're going to do. If you're going to create or if you're going to consume, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was talking to my brother and he was saying, you know, during this time, he's going to try and learn to play the guitar. He's like, I've had this guitar sitting around for a long time and now I've got time. So I'm, I'm watching videos on YouTube and I'm going, Oh, that's how you hold that. Okay. You know, that's what a Fred is. Yeah. All right. You know, why not? So I don't know. I, I was talking to somebody about, you know, do you think after this quarantine's over and we go back to some kind of normalcy, are we going to judge each other by, did you do anything during this quarantine or were you just a lazy sloth? I mean, yeah. So I saw you actually shared something like that on Instagram. Um, there was, a. Uh, it was like the kind of, you never lacked the time, you lacked the will or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the day before I saw that, um, I think I have, I saw on Twitter uh, a sort of meme that was the other side of that coin. Um, I, I can't find it, but it, it said something like, uh, it's okay to not be productive during a worldwide global pandemic. Take care of yourself or something like that. Um, but is it, I mean, I I think so. Some people are going to be affected by it a little differently than others. Um, well, I'm going to judge those people just a little (laughs) bit more because listen, I've got a motor and it's natural. I mean, I got it from both my mom and my dad. I mean, you know, I asked my mom, I said, I, I told her, I said, I feel like I'm running downhill with my hair on fire and I just can't go fast enough. And she was like, Oh, that's mortality. I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> she goes, it gets worse. Trust me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, I wake up at like 4am and I'm like, I should go do something. And she goes, yeah, I know I, I I'm there. <laughs> wow. I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, I wasn't always that way. Like, you know, I didn't start doing any of this crap until like the last 10 years or so. I mean, when I met my wife, you know, we, we've been married now 15 years and, you know, when we got together, I didn't know how to fix anything really. I didn't know how to do much. I was entertaining. I was charming. Uh, I could play with the kids, you know, I worked hard. That was about it. And then, you know, I remember going to a family reunion and she has an aunt that was always known for cooking her famous macaroni and cheese. And she had a sister-in-law that was always famous for cook for making uh, pecan pies. And I told her, I said, I'd really like to learn to do something that's like 
whenever we get together as a family, they're like, have Josh make this, you know? And she's like, okay, so what do you want to make? And I was like, I don't know, but something will happen. And then over time stuff happened. Like you learn a recipe or you learn how to do something and you're like, Oh, this is what I can bring to the table. And I sort of like to think about that in terms like in everybody's life. It's to me, it's important to bring something to the table, no matter what, no matter what your avenue of life is, no matter what your table is, be known as the guy that brings something, you know, whether it's, you know, conversation or atmosphere or, Maybe you're the guy that knows how to mix drinks, or maybe you're the guy that can, can always have the music planned, or you're the, you know, whatever. When you get together with friends or family, have something that you bring as, you know, oh, good, he's here, he'll handle this. Yeah. And I think everybody should have something like that in their life. And it doesn't always happen in the beginning. It may take you 20, 30, 40 years to figure out what that thing is. But hopefully at some point in your life, you figure out what your thing is, and, and it sort of helps you find happiness within yourself because you, you're then proud of something and you can go, hey, look what I can do. And I'm glad to bring this to help you guys out and everybody's happy that I do it. Yay. You know. Yeah. Sort of finding your own way. Absolutely. There's, some, there's something very poetic there. I just can't put my finger <laughs> on it. I'm, I'm like beating around the bush of the idea and I just can't quite come up with yeah. it. I don't know. It, it reminded me of, uh, have, have you watched any of Tim Dillon's podcast? I have not seen his podcast. I've seen him on other people's podcasts. He's yeah, he's hilarious. He's he's great. Um, he's he had one podcast that was uh, titled "How to Be Popular," and a, a big portion of it was you got to bring something to the table. Okay, you got to be you either got to be the guy with the drugs, you got to be able to get the alcohol, something. Okay, have something to bring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that's true. That, that's true about every position in life. I mean, you don't realize it when you're a kid, you know, I always say that it's, it's easier to make friends when you're younger and you're forced into a social situation like school. I mean, I know right now kids are on quarantine and they can't really hang out like that, but some of my best friends in life I've made because I was forced to have classes with them. And, you know, my buddy Greg, I didn't like him when he first moved to the area. He, we were in ninth grade together and I like this girl and he moved in and he sat next to her and he started charming her. And I was like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> and, <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they rearranged the seating schedule. And next thing I know I'm sitting next to him and he starts humming guns and roses songs. And I was like, I know what he's humming. You know? And I started, I started, hum- I started singing along with him and he goes, you know what that is? I was like, yeah. He goes, I'm from Ohio. I got the new CD. That was when lies came out. He's like, I got the new CD. I was like, that's not even out for another month. He goes, yeah, but I'm from his hometown. We got it a month early. I was like, oh, new best friend. Wow. <laughs> but we would have never bumped into each other or had that situation if we we're not forced to be in a classroom together. Yeah. You know? And when you get older, like I've, I've made a reference that my next door neighbor likes watching college football. He likes grilling out. If that dude showed up at my front door, be like, Hey buddy, you want to hang out? I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing in my front door? Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had that happen. Uh, just, um, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was on, uh, I was on zoom with, uh, Alex and some of his friends we were playing cards against humanity. And, uh, my, my door, my knocking at my door all of a sudden or doorbell, whatever it was. And I was like, what the hell? It's like 6 PM at night. So I take my headset off, go down there. And apparently it's my neighbor, but I'd, have never met any of them. Right. So he's like, yeah. Um, Hey, my name's blah, blah. I don't even remember his name, honestly. Uh, he's <laughs> like, we, we got, 
we got some uh, Papa Murphy's pizzas we're going to be cooking up over here. Uh, so just wanted to reach out and invite some people. So come on over. And I was a little freaked out because one, I just got done smoking and somebody's knocking at my door. Um, and then, yeah, but, uh, and then two, it was, you know, three weeks ago when I, I think at least personally for me, there was a lot more heightened worry about coronavirus. Like there was a lot of unknowns. Right. Yeah. Um, and we had a stay at home order and social distancing and all this stuff. And here's this guy knocking at my door, trying to shake my hand and invite me over to his house. I was like, what the, for several reasons, no, please just go away. And yeah. then I realized I never even introduced myself to him. So like he came over to my house, introduced himself as, his, as my neighbor. And I didn't even give the guy my name, mm. which I, I didn't mean to do that, but he, he threw me because it was like, why is there a, you know, effectively a stranger at my house during a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of, you know, meeting somebody and they can tell me their name and within a, a two seconds, I'm like, <laughs> what did they say their name was? Like, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I don't even, that didn't even process in my brain. I like hearing music like that, that, that internet meme of the, the three little heads going <laughs> while they're telling you your name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Music's yeah. just playing while I'm like, what did he say his name was? <laughs> Gonna have to say that a few more times to get it to stick in here. <laughs> yeah, of course they say there's like a, a number, like they call it Dunbar's number, that you can immediately recall 150 names off the top of your head because that's society. In, in when you were in small groups, that's what you were built to remember. And then I think about the people that I know, like family wise, friend wise, and then work, and I'm going, yeah, I'm really pushing that 150 way past what it should be. And there's moments where I'll see people that I know, and I'm like, hey you what's up man you know and i'm just yeah. like oh i get it you know and it's like it's sort of like I, I like to think of it mentally as going in your brain and like dusting off a file <sighs> where's that name where's that name come on you know his face he worked at this place you, you know and it's just nothing nothing well yeah so i mean that makes me think about how we're in general kind of living our lives you know in this technological society mm-hmm. we live our lives very differently from what a you know, biological evolution standpoint would, would have you think that we were designed to do. Right. Mm, Um, and it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how our, how our species does over the next like couple of hundred years or so of having just society so different from our biology. Well, think about your lifetime, how technology has changed just with television alone or with a phone. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you remember a phone being attached to the wall and then it oh, was yeah. cordless and then it was cell phones. And then the evolution of cell phones in a short period of time is so exponentially sped up. It's like, okay, how much sooner before we get this phone just injected into us so we don't have to think about calling, let me call Alex. Hey, buddy, what's up? You know, and yeah. not even have to dial anything or whatever. Neural implants. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I know Joe Rogan was recently talking about, you know, some company in Sweden has started, you know, putting microchips in their employees so that they could pay for things or have access to things in the building. And he goes, so what happens if you get fired? Do they have to surgically pull that out of you or do they zap you? And you know what, or do you just get more crap put in your arm and you go to a new company? He's like, that's just, that's so crazy. And it is, you know, they'll, you know, they'll present it to you and, you know, they, but they'll, they'll present it to you in a totally, oh, it's totally harmless sort of way. Yeah. Be like, oh, it, it goes, there are 15 layers of your skin. It goes under the sixth layer. So there's no pain, but it's still 
would come off eventually. You just get reapplied once every six months. <laughs> yeah. Or it'll be like an iPhone that, or whatever new phone that comes out. You have to get a new one put in like every year because it's got new upgrades. That oh well, this one allows you to now you can you can actually do YouTube underwater and you don't have to have a camera. <laughs> you just think about it and it'll be uploaded to your, your Facebook and you're like really oh I gotta have that you know it'll be always a new selling point. Um, yeah. You know I, I heard uh, there was a guy that worked for Google went on a podcast years ago. I want to say it was about five years ago, and he was saying you know. I think, uh, I think it was a Joe Rogan. He said, he asked him, he said, so what's the future of our technology with our phones? And he goes, well, I can tell you that what you have is the latest that's out to the public, but it's not the coolest that's coming. He goes, we're 10 years ahead of what you have right now. <laughs> right. Goes, what? He goes, yeah. just imagine a, the, something the size of a blood cell being injected in you. And not only will you have the ability to communicate with people without having to hold a device or think about it, uh, but you'll also have nanobots in your body that can repair things that are ailing you. So he says, say you are a smoker, the nanobots could repair the, the damage done to your lungs without you even having to think about it. And he, he went on and on and on about this. And Joe was like, yeah, but what about the, the other side of it? The big brother side of it, the Terminator side of it, where they go, we just got too many people. We got to off some of these and they just hit a button and people drop dead. And he goes, What's well, a trade-off? <laughs> <laughs> I have to take the good with the bad here. He goes, what do you want? Do you want to be able to smoke and not have lung cancer? Or, you know, somebody hits a button. And Joe was like, that's really messed up. He goes, I know. <laughs> he goes, yeah. but here's the thing. Everybody's going to want it because of the health benefits. He says, you know, think about if you've got like rheumatoid arthritis or, you know, some degenerative heart disease. And we're able to help you through these nanobots and having this computer in your body that can heal the damage on the inside of you. You're going to want it. No matter the side effects, no matter the risk, you're going to be like, oh, sign me up. Yeah, I want that. And I was like, he's got a point, but also that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see it in every every sci-fi, you know, sort of futuristic show that comes out or movie like Altered Carbon, for instance. Yeah. Um, you're going to have... Unless you completely dissolve a class-based society, you're going to have the people that, like an Altered Carbon, have the ultimate sleeves or whatever where they're basically uh immortal and then you have the lower class where it's like you're still getting some of that new technology and maybe sleeve technology but you're not immortal and you can't do anything about these people that are immortal you know right um well and and i'm glad you brought up that point because i was thinking the same thing um there is a version of that where they choose not to like remove their stack and upgrade to a new body. Cause they're like, I've lived enough. This is like, it's like a, I've heard some people say that it's a, it's a valid choice to say I've had enough. And yeah. if your body didn't deteriorate, would your mind then think that like, if you were able to take your stack out of the back of your neck and put it into a new sleeve, a body, and you constantly had a new body, would it change the way your thought process was where you're like, man, I'm, I'm in a Corvette. Look at me rock and roll, buddy. I can run fast. And then, you know, maybe it does something to your thinking or is it the fact that your body does deteriorate that, that your mind then goes, yeah, I've, I've seen enough. This is, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think if your mind, if your mind is being completely 
rejuvenated when it goes into the new sleeve, then you'd probably be okay. Cause I think a lot of what makes people just say I'm kind of done is also mental decline where you're just like, yeah. I, f- I feel tired. I feel a little slower. Tax. I feel like this is taking energy, you know? Yeah. Um, if, well, and you've got to have challenges. Like, like I've always heard it said that you need to feel needed. You need to feel like you have a challenge. You need to have goals, like things that you want to achieve. Those are the things that make you feel complete. And without those, it's like, yeah, what am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like a dog. Like, like if you have an, an old male dog that has surpassed his breeding time and he's just, you've got a new puppy and all of a sudden he starts licking his leg till he's bleeding because he's, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a working dog. I'm supposed to be doing something and I can't do anything anymore. So he just starts to make himself crazy. I mean, I think yeah. people are the same way. You know, I agree. Yeah. If our if our physical bodies were constantly new, I still think our brains would be like, "Yeah, I've seen enough. I've seen I'm enough. Kinda, I'm kind of over it." <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm still you know I'm 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 turning forty six here in, in on the tenth, and <clears throat> it's um there's still a lot that I want to see of the world. There's still a lot I'm looking forward to, um, but like you know, in another 30 years, is that it? You know, yeah. kind of makes you wonder. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting like spectrum that it's running through my head, like in the sleeve, like altered carbon world. It's like, okay, maybe you've been living for 500 years and you decide you don't want to continue anymore. And on some level, it's kind of easy to say, yeah, that makes sense. Let them make that choice. Mm-hmm back it down to normal life expansion, right? Where you can't like throw yourself in a new sleeve and you're talking about assisted suicide or something, right? You're like 80 years old and you're like, oh, my body's tired. I'm kind of tired. I just want to go. Well, we don't really let that happen. You know, that's against the law. There's, but some discussion about it maybe in different governments where they're thinking about maybe allowing stuff like that, but then back it down even more. What if I'm 30 years old and I decide I don't want to go on anymore? Mm-hmm. Now we're all like, okay, no, clearly that's, there's something wrong with this person that they're wanting to make a decision like that. Yeah. But it's all yeah. sort of just relative to how long we think a normal life should be. Right. It, it is. It is all perception. I mean, <clears throat> I always like to think about secondhand lions, the two uncles that they get to a certain age and they, end up buying a plane, putting it together and then flying into the barn to kill themselves. Cause they're like, yeah, we had a fun. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> it's a, it's a movie. Um, uh, what's the kid, uh, Haley Joe Osmond. It was like his second movie after he did the, the sixth sense. Okay. Uh, he, he supposedly, his mom is Kira Sedgwick in the movie and she's a loser and there's, there's no speak of a dad, but she basically drops him off with these guys because she's just like, I got to go and they'll take care of you. And, and they just sit on the front porch and chase off people who come around there wanting to sell them stuff all the time. And it's rumored that they robbed a bank or somehow saved a Sultan's wife or something and was given a bunch of gold. And so his mom kind of whispers to him, see if you can find the money. And so he's like, you know what? And he's a little kid, but they end up hanging out and, and, and they sort of raise him to a point and then she comes back around again and she wants to like bring him home. And, and he was like, no, I want to stay here. And, and the old men fight for him. And, and, uh, at a certain point he talks to them and, and they're telling him stories about 
you know, supposedly how they got the money. And they start, he said, he, you know, he talks them into, why don't you spend some of it instead of just always chasing these people off? So they start buying stuff once in a while. When people come up to sell stuff, they start, you know, planting a garden from these seeds this guy brings up. And then the next thing you know, they fast forward several years and they have like a luxury cruise liner parked in their pond. (laughs) They got all kind of crap just sitting around everywhere. And the the guy is an old man. He gets a phone call and he's like, He's like, yeah, your uncle's died today. And he's like, what? And he goes, well, it seems they bought a, a, a World War II biplane, put it together, and flew it without any instruction, and flew it into the barn. And he goes, yeah, that's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> but it's a great movie. Um, was what was Michael, the name of it again? Secondhand Lions. Secondhand Lions. Okay. Yeah, My, Michael Caine and um, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm going to have to Google it now so I don't be an idiot because right now people are screaming at their at their <laughs> radio listening to me be an idiot. It's, that movie sounds very familiar. Cast of Secondhand Lions. I know it's Haley Joe Osmond. Oh, Robert Duvall. Duh. Okay. Robert Duvall and Michael Caine play his uncles and it's awesome. It's an awesome movie. Yeah, Michael Caine's fantastic in everything he does. Well, and there's this fantasy aspect of, of Michael Caine sort of telling the story about Robert Duvall's character. Like he, he's telling them this story that seems so fantasyful that, it's, that it can't be real. And then there's moments where Robert Duvall's like sleepwalking and like sword fighting things that aren't there. And, and it sort of plays into the real story, but you're like, is this real or is this, is this who ya? You know? Yeah. It's very cool though. It's a very cool movie. I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. Let's oh, I'm it. sure it is. It's probably on YouTube by now. It's been out a long time. <clears throat> so what do you think about the, um, it came out in 2003. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's newer than I thought it was going to be. So what do you think about the, the government officially releasing video of them chasing UFOs? I have not even read. All I've seen is like some comments on Twitter and stuff. So I haven't watched the video or actually looked into what they're officially saying they did or did not see. Could fill, fill me in a little bit. Okay. So there is a, I guess they've declassified some documents that were, that were for years discussed behind closed doors and they weren't allowed to release them to the public because maybe they were filmed inside of a cockpit of a, of a, of a classified aircraft that has things on the display that you're not allowed to really understand as a public. You don't want that getting out to your enemies of, of, Oh my God, they have this kind of technology, you know? So there's a a famous story from a commander, uh, David Fravor, um, where he describes something called a Tic Tac alien that, that or a craft, unknown craft that he tracked. Um, this is down in the San Diego Carlsbad area. Uh, off the coast with the uh, USS Nimitz. And he bar- he's he's not a UFO guy. He's like, listen, I don't know what it is. I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, I believe it's a UFO. He goes, I don't know what it is. He goes, all I know is the things that it did, a, a normal aircraft can't do. <clears throat> he's like, we've got it on our cameras. We brought it back. We watched the film together. We've got it from multiple aircrafts, multiple sightings from multiple people. He goes, and when I came back, we discussed it with them and they go, yeah, we've been tracking these things for months and they, they've been very active and we, we don't know what it is. And everything they were describing it does was seem to have no propulsion, no, no backwash of, of, you know, 
anything that normal jets would have. Um, the way it moved tend, tend to be affected by gravity more than anything. So the way it moved had nothing to do with aerodynamics, had nothing to do with any of the laws of physics that you would normally think. It's all gravity moved in such speeds that are just tremendous. Like he said, he, he, they, they tried to chase it with their scopes and it moved way faster than anything they could track or ever seen before. And then it immediately returned back to where they originally saw it and hovered at like 200 feet off the, off the water in one spot. And they could see something under the water that was there and then disappeared. And then this thing just shot straight up. I think he said 40,000 feet and then took off in a direction, stopped and came right back to where it was before to meet this underwater thing again. And it was just the things he described it doing was like, what? And of course, you know, some of that stuff's been released to the public and was on YouTube, but still the government hadn't come out and said, okay, listen, this is what we've been tracking. But this past week it's been on, you know, Twitter and, you know, CNN and CBS and all the big news things. Pentagon now releases videos of unidentified objects being chased by military aircraft. And you're like, Holy crap. We're like officially saying it now, but it's saying what? officially saying what that they're tracking unidentified flying objects that they, and, and they're showing the video. They're showing videos online of the things they're tracking and it's, it's unexplainable. Right. And I mean, that's so whenever people hear these things or see them, they, they hear UFO and they immediately yeah. go aliens Right. But that's not what a UFO is. A UFO, you don't know what it is. That's right. why it's an unidentified flying object. Yeah. Uh, sure, aliens is a possible argument for what it could be. Um, well, even the terminology of alien is things we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's why I feel comfortable using it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've always had the argument of, you know, if an alien or a something from another, you know, solar system or whatever would travel here, what would make them think that life on the land would be what you want to visit? If the whole planet is 75% water, most of your life lives underwater. Why would you investigate what lives on the land first or at all? I mean, everything is relative to our own perspective. We think that we're the most intelligent things. And yet we acknowledge the fact that, you know, dolphins and whales have high functioning mental capacity and they can communicate across the globe somehow using sounds underwater. And it's like, okay, but our perception of everything is our 24 hours, you know, time period. And we base everything on a mythological thing that we call time and we measure it by that. And yet we only live to be 70 ish years old on a normal basis. Whereas whales live to be several hundred years old turtles of several hundred years. Octopus and lobster can live forever. They have to actually be killed in order to die. Um, what makes us think that we're okay being here and not being surrounded by aliens already? I mean, we just have a very inflated sense of purpose and a sense of self that we go, Oh, we're the only ones, man. We're, Top dog, look at us. It just reminds mm -hmm. me of stories of ancient Rome where they were like, we're the center of the universe. And then they went, okay, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. It seems like every step of the, of the story of our knowledge of our own existence, we always find out, maybe I'm full of crap. Maybe I don't know everything. You know, what was it? Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, he was talking about, you know, when you're a kid, 
you you had the little, the little solar system thing in your classroom where the sun is in the middle and then all these metal arms that swing around and your planets go like this. He goes, and then he goes, as you get further on and you start discovering what the sun is, the sun is a star in the Milky Way galaxy. Well, the Milky Way galaxy spins around a center, which means it's actually hurtling through space. And he goes, we can measure that. And he talks about how they can measure it. And he talks about how many thousands of miles per second it's flying through space. And he goes, and our planets are actually going around it in, in not a perfect alignment that they're all in like an oblong or an elongated pattern because in, and in reality, they're actually being drugged behind it with the force of it moving so that it appears as though we're moving like this. He goes, but it's, we're not going around it. We're kind of hurtling behind it like a vortex. And he put up a diagram of, yeah. he said, imagine it's- like a pitcher throwing a baseball and there's particles of dust flying around behind it. He goes, that's our planets. Yeah. Because we, we think it goes on this plane, but not exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then he started explaining how he's like asteroid, you know, the asteroid belt exists within our Milky Way galaxy. And we want to look at the asteroids as hurtling past us at, you know, extremely fast speeds. Where in reality, they're just sitting still. We're the ones flying past it. And, and that's what broke, broke, broke my noodle. I was like, hold on, time out. <laughs> I was like, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, okay, so... The asteroids are just sitting there. It, it, it's, it's what we see as, as, you know, and you're like, holy crap, look at it move. It's not. It's, yeah. it's just sitting there. We're the ones flying past it. Well, it, I, I, don't, I don't think they're just sitting there, right? They, they may or may not have a, a vector. May or may not, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. But they well, certainly could be just sitting there. But there's there's a thing as the asteroid belt, and it exists within a certain plane oh, the of belt, the Milky Way yeah. galaxy, and we tend to go by it on a regular pattern. Yeah. As as we're going around, you know, and it's, the whole thing just makes me feel really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that is that the Kuiper belt? I don't know. I I try to keep up with this stuff. Um, I'm very I, interested in uh, cosmology and. Uh, the cutting edge of physics after that, you know, like quantum mechanics and stuff. But, uh, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not going to fully understand it, but anytime I can find Neil deGrasse being a a guest on something, I'm like, Ooh, I want to hear this. It's always fascinating, which I think he has his own podcast now. I haven't, he does. He has a star talk. I believe it's called. Um, I really want to go to the Hayden planetarium and go see, you know, go see one of the, the events there or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We went to the top of that mountain in Hawaii, the Hanalakaleo or something like that, where, <laughs> where all the all the NASA uh, telescopes are. Okay. Because they there's something about the atmosphere there where um, because of the, the lack of pollution and the elevation and the position of where it is, they have a really unobstructed view of the cosmos. And it's on top of this mountain that's like so many miles up in elevation. It yeah. is, it's incredible. Um, they have tours that go in them. We didn't do that, but we went to the top of the mountain to watch the sunrise. Um, which is, it's one of those things that if you, if you get the chance to do it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's gorgeous. It's just yeah. gorgeous, you know? Um, but at night when you're looking around, it's really easy to tell that we're not alone that all those stars are something, you know, and, and it's all encompassing because of your elevation, because of your view, you know, 
with nothing around to obstruct your view, you're just like, holy crap. Like I, I take for granted all of the stuff that's around us and don't stop to look at it because we're in a city or because yeah. we're busy with our lives and stuff like that. Um, I had the size, non- the, the size and scope of the universe is completely mind boggling. Yeah. It's, I had Ron White on here uh, on the when the first time he was on. He talked about being a kid on the ship. Um, his father had built a ship, and they were you know sailing between the Americas and Europe. And he said there was one particular summer night where the wind had died down, and there was no waves at all. And he'd walked out into the deck of the boat, and he said the water was like glass, and all the planets. I mean, all of the the stars and stuff were reflecting off of the off of the water, and he goes, it really looked like you were like moving through space because everything was twinkling above and below. And he was like, yeah. it was just it was the most breathtaking thing I'd ever seen. And you know, I can only imagine it, but I don't know. Kind of makes me wonder, like, <clears throat> how long ago. You know, ancient Greeks looked up and went, "Oh, we can we can figure this out. This is obviously a map." <laughs> Unless they just had a lack of things to do and they just kept looking at it, going, "That same star has been there every day." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you haven't looked into it, looking into the history of you know how we started looking at the stars and everything, um, some really interesting stuff. You know, even even going back to the beginnings of uh, um, really what's started the idea of quantum mechanics goes all the way back to Democritus when he's trying to develop this idea that all matter is made of the same thing, just this really small indivisible atom, right? That's all, God, when was that? It's like 1200 BC or something, something crazy like that Hmm. is when those ideas were first being recorded. That's probably the wrong time, but it, we, we think we're really advanced, but really we're, we're still asking some of the exact same questions they were back then. And, uh, well, and then when you find, you know, ancient architecture that existed way before they thought humans existed, you go, are we advanced or are we just the next version of life? Yeah. Four, 460 BC is when Democritus was born. So, and he's, he's considered the father of like Adam theory. Hmm. So hmm. over 2000 years ago that we figured that out. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. And, and yet we still have people that believe the earth is flat. Oh, that's <laughs> that stuff is insane, man. I love conspiracy theories. Don't get me wrong, but uh, um, yeah, flat earth and Eddie Bravo level conspiracy theories are just. I like they're, the they're fact at, that. I like the fact that he's so compelling in his questions that he, he tends to, it's like the, it's like the longer you're with him, he can convince you a little bit that (laughs) maybe there's some, like he's very influential the way he talks. You're like, I, maybe there's some of this is true, but I don't, this one I don't buy. (laughs) Yeah. Cause the whole time he's just like, well, maybe I I don't know. I'm stupid. Do you know? We don't know. Could be. (laughs) Yeah. He's hilarious. I yeah, love the fight I, companions. Um, the fight companions are actually what got me watching the fighter and the kid. Uh, I actually like watching them on YouTube more than I like listening to them because they're, they're hilarious together and yeah. they always pull up videos of stuff. And there's always a moment where Brian gets an inflated sense of self and he's like, come at me, man, come at me. And then, 
<laughs> and Brendan will just toss him around. He's like, okay, okay, enough of the bear. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brendan's that's a big dude. I didn't realize that he was like he's he said he was like 280 pounds. Dude, he's that, like six six. That's a big dude. Golly, yeah. that's a big dude. Because he started out on uh one of the the UFC competition yeah. shows, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 still how I remember him as watching him on the reality TV show. Um and yeah, he was huge then. I was like, damn, that's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course he's a he's a genius at marketing. You know, he's constantly coming up with with different, you know, taglines and different merch that's like genius level. I mean, he's got a knack for it. He really does. <coughs> but anywho, so I've been watching uh, a lot of uh, Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus. They have the animated series on Disney Plus. Yep. Have you seen any of that content? Uh, I have seen. I want to say like the first season or so of uh, what's it called? Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen all the live action stuff, but as far as animated, I've only seen like once one season of Clone Wars so far. Okay. Um. I can tell you that Clone Wars, they're still coming out with content. They're in the seventh season, and they call it the final season. Um, in the seventh season, it's merging into the movies right when um, what's happening right now is basically one of the movies where Anakin kills Dooku just before he turns into Vader. So things are happening in the story that's like leaning into the movie, and you're going, whoa, holy crap, I can't yeah. believe this is at this point. But I was not a fan of the Clone Wars cartoon in the beginning because it seemed to jump around a lot. It took me about a full season to where it finally started being like a regular story. And honestly, the story for me took off around uh, Anakin's Padawan, uh, Ahsoka Tano. And now she's like fully grown and she's a complete badass. And yeah, I just watched a, a great two-part episode, number nine and ten of the last season, where she fought Darth Maul. Spoiler alert, Darth Maul came back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting story, the way that happened. And they show all of that. They talk about it, and they show it. Really fascinating. Um, but there was a beautiful fight scene between her and him where she's a dual lightsaber wielder, and she jumps around like Yoda. I mean, she's just very athletic. And Darth Maul, of course, has got that double-bladed you know, thing that he's swinging around, and it's visually gorgeous. I was like, God, this is better than a movie. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know you could get actors to do what they did. I mean, yeah. holy crap, it was incredible. I was really excited and loved uh, The Mandalorian. Yeah. It is. She's going to be on that. Yeah. So, well, because at the end of The Mandalorian, spoiler alert, right? Um, the Darksaber. Right, 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 right. Which I and, didn't know anything about The Darksaber. I Googled it, and they did like Me a, too. <laughs> this guy did a 20-something minute discussion where he mentioned a bunch of names. I had no idea who they were. And I, was I think like, I watched the same one. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to go back and watch these. So when I started watching them, I started seeing it pop up with the Mandalorians. And, you know, there's supposed to be some kind of like color thing that has to do with whether they're good or bad. So like, I know the red is supposed to be if they're bad, but then like the blues and the greens are supposed to be if they're good. And if they're white, okay. they're supposed to be somewhat neutral. What, what is the absence of color? What, what does that represent? What? I don't know. I, I don't know what that means, but apparently it's really awesome because yeah. <laughs> it looks really cool. Um, but you know, Rosario Dawson is going to be playing Ahsoka Tano as a grown Jedi wielder or whatever in this Mandalorian series. I'm looking forward to her being there. Yeah. Um, cause when you watch the cartoon, 
there's moments where you're watching her talk or move or something and you're going, I could totally see her playing that. That's her mannerisms or facial expressions. They must have modeled her face after doing this character because it, it's spot on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I watched it. Uh, I think episode 11 just came out. I don't know how many there are. Usually there's like 20-something episodes per season. But they get really good. I can tell you if you go back and watch them, they're seeing, there's, there's episodes where they're underwater. Those are all garbage. You can just skip them. Oh, really? <laughs> they're, they're just filler episodes. <laughs> yeah. They have nothing to do with anything. It's just these, the slow progression of Anakin kind of taking his own risk and going against the Jedis and yeah, whatever. But there's have really you, episodes I've watched where I was like, that was pointless. The whole episode. Have you watched pointless. rebels yet? <laughs> yes. Okay. And rebels is really good. Yeah. From beginning to end, I don't. Have you seen Rebels? No, I haven't yet. I've okay, heard so really good things from from Alex mostly, but yeah. Time time wise, it's supposed to be. I think after uh, the um, after Return of the Jedi, so it's supposed to be like the Empire is defeated, and this is like like yeah. some years later, and this is when this takes up, and the character it's Saul Guerrero and all that, right? Yeah, and yeah. the character development is really incredible, but especially when you get towards the last season the the things that happen to the main characters is so well done. They're literally visual type episodes where you want to watch it over again because you can't believe what you just saw. Like there's, can I give this away or not give it away? <laughs> yeah, there's a way I can do that. Okay. So <clears throat> there's a point where a character goes into a rock formation and he's in a place of the Jedi's that's between time and space. And literally he's walking on a, on a, you'll, you'll trip out about this cause it's very astronomical and it's, he's on a linear plane like this, walking on a, like a sidewalk type thing that intersects with other sidewalks and they're, they're circular and they're all intertwining in different ways. And each one has a portal in different, in different parts. And he realizes that there are spots in time that he can see, he can travel to, he can manipulate, but he can't undo it if he does. And if he, if he <laughs> makes, if he makes a mistake, and there's a moment where he interacts when he shouldn't and, and it almost becomes the undoing of everything. And it's very beautiful the way they did it. That's crazy. It is, it is so powerful and it can only be done in a cartoon. You could not do that with actors. Yeah. It is so awesome. I mean, they really hit it out of the park with that one. Um, and now I'm watching, um, uh, the star Wars resistance, which I guess is another, continuation of the story and this is right before the new movies so <clears throat> this has got um it's got a scene where this kid is supposed to be undercover and he in the middle of this first order taking over he sees the big powerful speech where the the redheaded guy is like you know giving his and we will defeat you know the first order he's all yeah. angry and the next thing you see is that planet killer destroys planets and it's like whoa and you're like holy crap, I know the timeline. This is right where this is at. They're like, this is so cool. You get to see Poe and BBA and you're like, oh, this is only the first season too. <laughs> that's, that's Star Wars Resistance? Resistance, yeah. Okay. I'm not, I don't even think I'd even heard of that one yet. That's on, uh, it's on Disney Plus though? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real happy with the, you know, with the extra content. I mean, you know, I like all the little side stories. I like the character development of all this stuff. And, and it's really cool because, you know, some of these characters you've seen in movies and you're like, Oh, that's where that guy come from. Okay. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. So how, I like all the you, little background stuff. 
how do you feel about where we ended with uh the new part of the or the new trilogy i liked it um the um which comes out on the fourth apparently it's going to be available to watch um on disney plus on the fourth oh wow so okay i'm looking forward to that i went and saw it at the theater in 3d I was very happy to, to see it in 3D. I did, mostly 3Ds suck, but this was really good, especially the Force Lightning thing with the Emperor. Yeah. The, holy cow. But I like the storyline. I like the fact that they tended to... They left a little bit of mystery, but also closed the loop on some things that, that I felt like... I thought, I thought they did a good job. I mean, you know, I don't know that George Lucas would have been able to continue going with his story because you do need to eventually move on. And this allowed this to happen in a very good way. Um, I'm happy with it. You know, a lot of people want to speculate ahead of time of this is what I want to see. And then when they, when they don't get what they see, they're disappointed. Yeah. I I try not to be like that. You know, I know that if there's books out, like people who, who read game of Thrones and then when they watched it, they were like, well, this doesn't look anything like that. Like, I didn't read it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, same thing with Harry Potter. When Harry Potter came out as movies, people who'd read the books were like, well, that doesn't look like I thought it would. And you're like, are you who cares? It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the lesson here, kids, is don't read. Just go to the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to kind of separate the two conversations in my head. Like, I love everything Star Wars. So whatever they put out, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. But then the there okay, set that aside. Now there's the other side of me that goes, now let's pick apart the plot and see what actually makes sense. Not necessarily what did I want to see happen, but and I think Ryan Johnson kind of screwed the pooch here whenever he started trying to uh like surprise people, you know. It's like you don't necessarily have to do that, man. You can just let the story go where it seemed like it was going. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, I, you know, when I went, like I went opening day, I went in a matinee when I got off work. Um, I got off work early that day cause I'd gone to work early and I made a point to pee before I went in. Cause I was like, I don't want to have to go pee. I know this is like three hours, three and a half hours or something like that. And <clears throat> that opening sequence with Kylo Ren that seemed to last like 15 minutes where he didn't say a word. It was just his actions. Yeah. I was pinned in my seat with my eyes like saucers. I was just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I was like, holy crap, this is unbelievable. And, and, and it didn't, it didn't disappoint. Not one second. It was not yeah. one moment because I had to pee halfway through it and, and I couldn't get up to go pee. Cause I was like, there is no slowdown. Like this movie is just, it's got its foot on the accelerator the entire time. And if you go to pee, you're going to miss something. Yeah. I mean, it's that way through the whole movie. Most movies have like a lull here and there. I don't think this had it at all. I think this is the best movie they made. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm really happy. Like up until that, up until this point, my favorite movie was Empire Strikes Back because to me, Empire was one where the good guys didn't win. It's ultimately a love story between Han and Leia. Um, the love story is 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 damaged because Han frozen carbonite. Um, but also your hero gets his arm cut off and he's slowly transitioning into his father in a way that you see him decline, but get, but get stronger in the same process. Plus you get to see R2D2 do things that you've never thought he could do before. I mean, he's underwater and he's, 
you know, shooting, you know, flames out of him. And he's got the little antenna popping out of the water, you know, and yeah, he, you know, there's more character development in that story. That's exactly and what I was Lando just thinking. Lando Calrissian yeah. gets into the story. You suddenly have a background thing between Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. And you're like, who is this Lando guy? You know, to me, it has the best character development um, up until that point. Um, but it's it's the only one of all of them that's that's really a very tender love story that's surrounded by a battle. I mean, you could say the one with Anakin and and Padme was, but Anakin was such a shit. You're like, I don't even, I can't, I don't even like this guy now. Yeah. I, like, I kind of don't care, <laughs> but he, he's such a petulant turd right now. I mean, I don't know if it has to do with, with Hayden Christensen playing him, or they just told him, Hey, we want you to be a real turd all the time, but God, he was a turd. Now, whoever does the animated thing for clone wars, when they have Anakin play that to me, that's a well done Anakin turning yeah. towards the dark side without being a jerk like Hayden Christensen was. Yeah. He seemed like a real person. Yeah. I mean, making just life decisions of, I don't agree with the council on this. I want to do my own thing. Like this is, this is the, this seems to be the smarter way, which is what we all tend to have a, a mindset of, you know, if you, if you're faced against the, the altruistic choices or this makes sense better you tend to go with what makes sense better. Sometimes you go, eh, let's just do this. This, this is, this is going to help people more than what this, these people say I have to do. I mean, so, you know, it's easier to kind of side with that. And, it, and maybe it was because of the movie format and the fact that they were, you know, only given two hours and he maybe was on the screen for 40% of the movie, 30% of the movie. And you're like, you got to show him be a jerk <laughs> maybe they wrote it that way i don't know i don't know all i can tell you is that the animated series is much better than the movies yeah i need to i'd actually kind of forgotten that i was because i watched so many different shows at one time yeah uh that I, I just forget that i was watching one and clone wars is one of those that i started and just dropped at some point but i was enjoying it you know fa- fairly well i started it right after um the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, and we got my wife's parents to watch the Mandalorian. Um, her mom likes Star Wars, and her dad hates it. But we got him to watch the first episode, and he likes westerns, and it's really like a space western. Yeah, I mean, it's got that music. He's walking in town, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> <doo-doo-doo>. <laughs> he, he kinda, you know, he kind of he's kind of a badass, and he's yeah, you know, he's gonna kick butt whenever he's in town, and it's it moves at a good pace, but not too fast, and. You know, yeah. If Star Wars is a if Star Wars is a space opera, then uh, Mandalorian's a space western. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm anxious for uh for season two. I um my wife got me to watch the um Outer Banks on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a little goofy. It. She loves it. <laughs> um. There's two really hot girls in it, which makes it worthwhile to watch. And for ladies, there's a bunch of hunky dudes with their shirts off, which apparently makes it really good. Um, <laughs> the story's okay. The story's got enough. It's got enough intrigue and danger and sort of an element of goonies in it that, that gets you into this treasure hunting idea. Um, there's elements that I, I can definitely pick holes in, but all in all, it's, it's decent. You know. Yeah, I, I think I'm on like episode two of that show. It gets um, better. It really gets good. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
like i haven't even finished watching tiger king i, I watched like the first two episodes of that yeah i can't watch tiger king <laughs> it's I, I can't i can't get into it yeah. i don't want to get into it i i, I don't I, just seen the previews. <laughs> i can't i'm out i'm out before i start I think it got way too big on the internet. And then I watched like two episodes and I was just like, I, I don't care. I don't care. I grew up around people on cocaine that made bad choices. I don't need <laughs> to see that again. Like <laughs> I already I, know this story. I still have PTSD from that as a kid. I don't, I don't need to relive it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not what I want to see at all. Yeah. There, you can't unsee some things. You just gotta, you just gotta look at it from afar and go, yeah, that was, that was a bad time in my life. I don't know. Let that go. I but, hear you. But then you add that element of, you know, this guy getting eaten by a tiger. And I know in the previews, they show a guy getting his arm chewed off. And I was like, yeah, I'm already out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already calling it. That's it. I'm out. Yeah, Which, you know, I watched uh, Narcos. And to me, the story of Narcos was so unbelievable. And it was tough to read all the little subtext of, you know, because they're speaking in Spanish and you got to read the English. But the element of it being so real about a real guy and then them showing actual video clippings from the news. That's the part that bothered me more than the fantasy of the fictional story. Like they, they were dramatizing a story of what happened. So they're trying to tell you the the information and have these guys portray these undercover, you know, DEA guys and, and all this stuff. But when they show you the actual footage of the bodies, and of this guy, you know, parading around in public. And then the moment where he's excommunicated to Panama and his, his wife's like, I want to go home. And he's like, if we go home, there's going to be war. And she goes, do whatever you've got to do. And the next scene, you're seeing actual <laughs> footage of tanks rolling downtown and blowing up the, the government buildings. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, it's just, it's so overwhelming. It's easier to watch that kind of stuff when you know it's fantasy than when it's reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people are into that. Some people love to watch the, the, the train wreck. Some people love to watch those videos of people riding bicycles where they do tricks and they fall on their face on the concrete. I can't stand that stuff. That makes me so sick. Um, I guess because, you know, there's an element of once you've seen things, you just go, I don't, I don't need to see this stuff ever again. Uh, but when it's fantasy, you're like, I'm all in. Like, if it's really cool and really crazy, I'm in. You're like, like Walking Dead. Walking Dead is so fake, you know, it, it's a neat idea for a show, but they do so much awful things with zombies. You're just like, ah, he cut his head off because you're, it's all fake and you know, it's fake. So there's a, there's an element of fantasy to it. And you're like, Hey, this is fun. You know, that's, that's another one for whatever reason. I never started watching. I've never watched any of the walking dead. My brother and I have a, have a theory that the slower the zombie, the funnier the movie. <laughs> so have you ever watched Shaun of the dead? Yeah, I love that movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. They're, they're so slow moving and he can make jokes and he can whack on them. And t- like Zombieland, they're, they're in the first Zombieland. Yeah. They're really slow in the first Zombieland. But then you watch something like World War Z and it's like, ah! it's just too much. It's like, whoa, just. It's terrifying. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so fast. I mean, yeah. but if they're slower, it's like. <laughs> and then, up, you got the, then you got the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're they're kind of their own thing. Well, when I was a kid, it was the Return of the Living Dead, um, very yeah. campy, humorous kind of zombie movie where they eat yeah. brains. And there, I'll, I'll never forget it. There's this one scene where um, this zombie crawls up into a, a paramedic's ambulance and gets on the walkie-talkie. He says, 
yes, we need help. And he's like, uh, you need assistance. He goes, send more brains. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty campy. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a podcast with uh, Adrian and I want to ask her about that kind of stuff. Um, since she's been on the show. So yeah, I was going to do one yesterday, but, um, I think she got busy. She never got back in touch with me. Yeah. She's done a lot of cool stuff already. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, she was in Ozarks, you know, the season three, yeah. she posted videos on her Instagram of that. And I was like, wait, she was in that scene. I had to go back and watch it again. I was like, Oh, I can totally see her. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I, I was looking for her the whole season. Like I started, yeah. actually, I found out that season three was released because I saw her post about it. So I was like, Oh, sweet. But I pretty much binge watched the whole thing and I never saw her. I was like, crap, I missed it. Yeah. And then she posted the one saying where she was. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally cool. Which yeah. of course, you know, she's, she sort of got that dark skin and dark hair and dark, you know, she can look like one of the, the Mexican cartel or Colombian cartel people <laughs> very easily. You just, you know, put her in a dress and I guess put a little makeup on and she blends right in. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited about talking to her about that kind of stuff. You know, um, I'm curious what she's doing right now during this whole quarantine thing, if they're actually filming or if they're doing anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is I got a lot of free time on my hands. So I was like, double down on the podcast, baby. We can do this thing. Yeah. I think, uh, part of my process is I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying showing other people how to do it. Cause I'm like, if you ever had the, the desire to want to do one, you know, first off be a guest on one and then just say, how do I get started? And I've tried to make videos along the way and put those on YouTube of like, Hey, if anybody wants to do one, here's how you do it. Yeah. So I was literally doing one. Um, what was it? Uh, two days ago with uh, Danny McWilliams. And as we were shooting the video, I said, I should show people how to, how to get the audio and the video from this and move it over. And like, before I knew it, I was making three videos at the same time. I had cameras here and cameras here and I had my phone and I was going like this and taking photos and, and <laughs> I had so much crap going on at the same time. I was like, at a certain point I had to hit pause and step back and go, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, uh, I'm supposed to be starting a podcast here soon ish. Uh, me and my buddy, Andrew want to do something, uh, kind of long form, like, you know, three hour long things like, yeah. uh, like you like see Joe. out of, out of Joe. Yeah. Yeah. But just really taking mostly political topics i would guess for me and him uh and just sort of running them to ground trying to help people make sense of things and figure stuff out because me and him are both really into you know politics sociology like looking into all this stuff economics you know we we do a lot of research on it and figure we might as well talk about it and put it on the internet you know the hardest part and really the first part is just coming up with a name yeah so I picked a name because I was like, all right, we need to, we need to actually do something. So I was like, I'm going to create our YouTube channel and just get it started. Uh, but I didn't even ask about the name. I just picked something. And so mm -hmm. it's people over corpse, which is people over corporations. Um, but I was like, we can change that. You know, <laughs> I didn't actually put any thought into it. I just typed it in. Yeah. Good luck with that. You know, the smashing pumpkins became the smashing pumpkins. How's that? They, they did so many concerts in a row and they, every night they would say, so who, who, what are you guys called? And they, and they really had no name. They just kept throwing out names. Each <laughs> one of them would get interviewed and they would all tell them different names each night. And one night yeah. Rolling Stone was interviewing Billy Corbin 
And he was like, yeah, we're just smashing pumpkins. And he goes, cool. <laughs> Got and it. That's what you are now. Now they're just mad. And he's like, oh, crap. That's what, <laughs> that's what they picked. <laughs> yeah. He goes, we had so many other cool names. He goes, <laughs> for whatever reason, that's the one that got written down. So that's what we became. But yeah, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's, it's uh, well thought out. Um, and there are people who will overthink it. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you can just go with your name. Sometimes it could be something clever, you know, I don't know, but if you come up with a name, it's going to be really hard to change the name. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we figured we just wanted to put stuff out there because me and him talk about politics all the time and we're like, let's, let's at least get it out there. If we're going to act like we think we know what we're talking about, we'll let some other people critique us and see what they think. Yeah. Well, so. and like I try, I, I've got friends that want to start one and they always say, yeah, but what if I don't know what I want to talk about? Or what if I do a couple episodes and I don't know if I want to do it anymore? And I'm like, you don't know that until you try. Yeah. Like start. Yeah. Just put something out there. Just start. It, just. It's almost certainly not going to end up being what you set out for it to be. Honestly. No. no. Like, and it's supposed to change because you change. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, if you watch early Joe Rogan's and he's sitting in his, in his bedroom <laughs> with crazy lights going around and, you know, they're, they're literally just acting like idiots watching videos online and talking about it. And they're, yeah. And you look at what's, what it is now. I mean, you don't have to have a studio. You don't have to have anything. I mean, I got started with just my phone. That's it. That's yeah. all I got to get started with. I got this light thing. That's the newest. LED. Yeah. I saw that. That's it makes it look so much better. <laughs> uh, it looks like one of those beauty mirrors. <laughs> uh, be an Instagram model. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have fun watching that one back. <laughs> well, I mean, before, it, to me, whenever I had the ceiling fan lights on, it just made me look yellow. And I was like, why do I yeah. look like I'm a, I'm a Simpsons character? Yeah, I'm sure mine looks, I tried to like open the window here. Um, I think this laptop only records in like 480p or something. So, you know, it does it's not ideal. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not it's, ideal, but uh, we'll see. If I start doing it regularly, obviously I'm going to buy some, some stuff to make it look good because I do like technology. It's a reason to spend some money on it. There's a new camera coming out uh, this month, as a matter of fact, um, called Mevo Start. The company's called Mevo, M-E-V-O. And yep. they originally came out with one that was like a cylinder about this tall. And supposedly the trick was is that it was, it was really tiny. You could sit on the table and you could you buy it, it connects to your phone and you can use your phone to like set up what you want it to look at. And so if you had a panel of people, you could have it focus on different people's faces. And then on your screen, you can see each person and you can switch the camera to focus on them or on the group. And it'll, you, it has an auto function where if people are talking, it'll focus on that person and come back and then focus. Yeah. And thought, well, that's a really cool technology. Um, the problem was it was so small that it only had like a two hour battery life. So then they came out with this adapter thing that you had to buy, which is this big cylinder thing that's like this. And it was very expensive, but it had like an, a battery thing it clips into and it would have like, you know, the ability for it to record like eight hours. Um, yeah. This Mevo start thing is basically the size of your phone, just a little bit thicker. And it's got a, it's, it's like your battery is this way and your camera's on the end, kind of like a camcorder would be, but it's really tiny. And 
it has the same technology, but it's got a battery life of like six hours, constant recording, does the same functions automatically. Um, it also live streams. So you can set it up through your phone to live stream to everything. I mean, I saw the platforms and I was like, what, really? I thought it'd be kind of cool to play with that if, if I was able to live stream, like whenever I have people here um, and then do the YouTube port of it as well. Uh, which, you know, it'll also do the YouTube live. So I could YouTube live um, and then have like the regular stuff, you know, as audio or whatever. But yeah. it's always fun to play with this new tech. I mean, there's always new stuff coming out. You're like, oh, what yeah, does that I do? Mean, I, just, I just ordered uh, all the parts for a new computer uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to build a, a gaming PC. Spent like <laughs> spent like three grand on computer parts yesterday. <laughs> Yay. So that's going to be fun. I got your <laughs> stimulus right here. Yeah. You're going to hit you're gonna hit the button and like the neighbor's lights dim. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I'm, I'm going to start doing VR. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that the, uh, the Oculus? Uh, I think I'm going to get the um, – so Valve, um, the guys that make Steam, uh, but they, they, uh, they have their own headset and controllers now. Um, that are supposed to be like, I, th- I think the, the controller actually has an individual sensor for each finger on the thing that you're holding. Your so you get like, weird. Oh, sorry. You go. So I, I think the, the new controller has individual sensors for like each finger. Yeah. Um, and it has like a strap that your hand goes in. So you can, you don't actually have to continue to hold. You can let go, but you still have the controller there. You can go yeah. back to it. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to get that one, see how it is, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. I'm interested in it. I'm curious about it, but not enough to spend three grand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did you see uh, ready player one? Oh yeah. Loved it. I thought yeah. it was really good. Um, very nostalgic of course with the movies and the old games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it does sort of give you a, fast forwarded view of what gaming could be possibly it's pretty cool yeah 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 um i kind of wonder if that's going to happen or if or if that's just so fantastical that we're kind of missing the point of real life um uh, i know I for know. gamers they're like oh it's totally going to happen but for people who are like farmers and stuff they're like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see we'll see yeah i don't know I don't know. I'm hopeful that this quarantine thing will be fine. And at some point we'll get uh, a cure and we'll all be able to resort back to normal life. Um, it's a little weird right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we've, uh, I think we're definitely going to get at least one sort of false sense of normalcy. Um, and then another smack. Yeah. We're going to get smacked down. You know, people are going to be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It is fine. Open back up and everybody's going to go out and then it's going to seem okay. And then the numbers are going to start rolling in after about a two week incubation period. And we're going to be like, oh crap, go back inside your house. We need to keep flattening the curve, you know? Well, and there's all sorts of businesses that are built around things with crowds. If you think about, you know, not only the cruise industry, but amusement parks and theme parks and, I've got you know, tickets to three different festivals this year that are just I had, canceled or 
I had comedy show tickets bought for three different comedy shows that have been rescheduled. Um, I had a, a music concert scheduled for June. I don't know if it's going to be rescheduled. It probably is. We're, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with that. Um, we have Disney tickets already, you know, we, we put a down payment on for uh, December. We did that a year ago. And yeah. I mean, they may not be ready then. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, Dolores said she saw something online where they were saying there's a possibility that they'll require people to wear masks coming in the park. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to go in the music park or the theme park and have to wear masks the entire time. Yeah. I haven't worn a mask anywhere yet. Um, I don't really go anywhere, but, uh, yeah, I haven't been wearing a mask. I like to think of myself as, uh, overconfident. (laughs) That's me. I'm overconfident. I'm healthy. I'm always healthy. Um, I'm the guy outside who's, who's literally shaving wood and uh, getting cedar dust in his nose all the time. And my wife's always like, you should be wearing a mask. And I'm like, you should just go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me I, alone, devil woman. And then I go in the house and I blow my nose and it's all red from the cedar dust. And I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe I should have worn a mask. But it's what's, always afterthought, you know. What's I'm, a, I'm the what's overconfident the quote? afterthought guy. I can't remember what movie it's from, but... Don't tell me my business, devil woman. <laughs> I don't know. God. I don't know. Uh, but I'm always, you know, of the, of the theory of, you know, I'm fine. You know, obviously this uh, is. You know, that was you Billy Madison. <laughs> oh, you want to be was careful that? if you're immunocompromised or if you're around people who are immunocompromised. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Obviously, if I was going to be around my mom, I'd have to worry about that kind of stuff more she's kind of quarantined herself. She's, you know, she's staying inside as much as possible. And when she goes out in public, she's literally covering herself from head to toe in, in protective gear. Yeah. Um, which like, she should, you know, one of the guys I work with, his son has, or I, I think he's recovered now, but he re- very recently was going through treatment for leukemia. So, you know, these, he's having to be extra sensitive about that. You know, he, he tries to quarantine himself when he gets, home because he's traveling he's traveling for work so he'll come out here for you know two weeks and then go back home for a couple weeks and uh he has to be really careful that he's not traveling for work and then bringing it home to his potentially immunocompromised son you know yeah yeah we we have a friend of ours that um the the husband and wife both fly for their job sometimes yeah and he's had to continue to fly whereas she's been able to work more from home but he's like, yeah, I'm getting on these planes. And he goes, and, and not everybody's wearing a mask. He goes, but we're right next to each other. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, I'm wearing a mask on the plane. He goes, but the whole time I'm really uncomfortable with it. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that we're all sitting there like that. And he goes, and every time they tell you don't touch your face, all you want to do is touch your face. Because it's like, I didn't realize how many times I touched my face a day. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. Until they suddenly said it, and you're like, you know, I'm touching my face an average of like 20 times per hour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, man. But I don't know. I'm, I'm really hopeful that a vaccine comes. Um, I think it will eventually. It's just a matter of when. I'm worried that it's going to be one of those things that everybody has to get. And the people who are immunocompromised are just not going to fare well. Um, I, 
I don't want to say it's unavoidable, but it may be unavoidable. You know, it sounds that very, we all that we all have to get it. You mean? Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds very doomsdayish to say that, but I really think that it's going to be one of those things where eventually we're all going to either get it or get a vaccine for it. Yeah, you know. Of course, that's not going to be good for a lot for a large part of the population when that happens. That's, I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose of flattening the curve, you know, keep yeah. it uh, within the capabilities of the hospitals. That way you can limit the amount of uh, negative effects people have from the, from the sickness when they get it. Yeah. So all you can you, do, are you a single guy right now? I am. How is flattening the curve helped or hurt the single life? Um, I, my single life wasn't incredibly active before, so it hasn't really affected it too much. Um, I definitely feel it more like before, you know, all the um, stay at home stuff started, I, I, I wasn't necessarily going out a whole lot or anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I don't even like doing it that much anymore, you yeah. know, going to the bars or whatever. Yeah. But now that I can't do those things, I'm like, I kind of want to, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I want to go hit the bar now. <laughs> well, okay. So here's an idea for a dating site. What if there's a dating site for if you got tested for the coronavirus and you're 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 negative and then you can like go out with each other? They they have similar things for uh uh for for AIDS, for herpes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean ho- hopefully we don't get to that point with this one. Hey Jeff, Jeff Veely, I know you're listening to this. Come up with an app, dude. Make an app. Make a he's he's the genius computer guy I had the podcast with all the time. Make an app, man. You could do this. I just want to. <laughs> I just want a small percentage of the idea. I just threw it out there, bro. There, I bet if you Google it, there is one already. Patent pending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time I think of an idea, I Google it, and I'm like, "Well, there you go. It already exists." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My brain's already trying to think of a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I can't imagine though. I mean, if if you were. If you were single and you're like, I really want to meet somebody, but I can't come within six feet of anybody, you're like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yep, you're just screwed. I mean, luckily you have the internet and self-love is, you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, you yeah. never have, you never at a point in your life up until now that you have more access to everything possible. Um, yep. You know, even Amazon does deliveries of toys. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, but after a while, you just kind of want a connection with a person. Yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird. So what do you think is going to happen with the election? Do you want to talk about that? Uh, I think that do you think Donald... Biden, do you think Biden will make it? To the election? Like he'll live that long? Yeah, he, he will. You think so? Yeah. Every um, time I hear him speak now, he, he seems to misspeak. Like Oh, yeah. He's, he's very clearly exhibiting cognitive decline. Yeah, there's, there's real elements of him not understanding where he's at at times. And it's like, yeah, this is sad to watch. And it's sad to watch because you – I mean, I like a good debate. I like good competitive – you know, candidates on both sides. I like to have a, the good argument and I don't think there's going to be the good argument between these guys. I think it's going to be a one-sided debate. Um, 
I mean, I would neither neither rather... one of them is a good no arguer. I mean, neither Trump is entertaining, but he yeah. doesn't actually say anything. He's more like a WWE guy. Um, yeah, grandiose things and you know whatever. He's not making valid points or anything, <laughs> right? But I really think that the DNC shot themselves in the foot by eliminating people that. I mean, they just didn't back people who could have. The DNC needs to go. I'm, I'm, I've never been a registered Democrat or anything, but, uh, for anybody that thinks the DNC is their opposition party, uh, the resistance party, the pop, the, um, populism party, any of that, you're wrong. It's never going to be that. Let it die. I'd love to see a multi-platform system where you have seven different candidates that can debate each other. I mean, you know, why not have more than two options? Yeah. It just I mean, seems I, like I think rank choice, between rank choice voting would be a huge improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you know, I was a big fan of Tulsi Gabbard and, and for whatever reason, you know, people just chose not to back her and maybe they were, you know, I've heard the, the theory that, that the DNC really wanted Camilla Harris to go and Tulsi just ripped her a new one on stage and, and left her spellbound. And because of that, they were like, all right, well, we're done with both of you then. <laughs> well, the, the DNC hasn't liked Tulsi since 2016. Right. I mean, she, she did she, the most admirable thing she could have done by stepping down to back a candidate. She was like, listen, yeah. I can't be a part of this if I want to stand for a candidate. I mean, she, that's very altruistic. And, and you know, what more could you ask from a candidate to be a, a, a prior military leader, you know, and also currently serving you know, be serving your district as well. Be a woman, <laughs> you know, from Hawaii, well-spoken, very beautiful lady. But, you know, even beyond that, like a really good debater, a really good speaker. I mean, I've never seen her lose her temper. She's always very even keeled. You know, any debate of any com- any conversation whatsoever, she's got an answer for you. She's not going to be like stuttering or missing her, her notes. She's going to be on top of whatever she's talking about. And I'm thinking, boy, people just really dropped the ball on backing a really decent candidate. And, and not to say that she would have possibly won, but it would have been an awesome moment for a debate. You know, if we if she'd have gotten further, you know, I don't know. I think Nikki yeah. Haley could one day run for president as well. I think she'd be a really good debater. Possibly. They, uh, so I, I, I liked, I liked Tulsi. I still like Tulsi. Um, I don't like her as a presidential candidate just because I I don't fully uh, agree with her um her uh foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um I I agree with some of the things that she says that on the surface, you know, um stop the god how does she put it the uh for-profit wars or whatever like Mm -hmm. yeah obviously um but her specifically her language around the pakistan india issue around um islamic terrorism all that it's it's just a little hawkish for me Um, i like the fact that she was able to go on joe rogan's podcast and talk with dan crenshaw and they had a very good debate where they both had different ideas of how to handle foreign policy and she seems like she'd be willing to listen to people as well as I'm sure she would. compromise, which is what you would want from someone who's going to represent the people. Cause that's what the yeah. people want. People want people who are going to 
negotiate and compromise and say, okay, well, this is what I'd really hope we could do. And you try. I mean, I heard Obama once. He he did the the comedians in cars getting coffee with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and they couldn't obviously leave the the premises to go get coffee, so they had coffee in the basement. And you know, Jerry asked him. He said, "So so what's it like being a president? Like if you had to put in a sports analogy, is it kind of like tennis? You just lobbying ideas back and forth." And he goes, "No, it's like football. You have an idea and you want to move your idea forward." He goes, "But there's a lot of opposition. There's other things in, in play. There's a whole other team that's like." yeah, but we really want this and you want this. And he goes, every once in a while you gain a little yardage, but sometimes you don't. And he goes, and you just try. That's all you can do is just try. And it's a good point. I mean, you know, you're going right now, especially with a two party system, you've got a policy that you're trying to promote. They have a policy they're trying to promote. And they're sometimes they're just crappy to each other because they're trying to influence their power, which you saw a lot of in like um, the house of cards show. Yeah. A lot of that was just self-promotion and party promotion. And, you know, you got career politicians that are like, I just got to get reelected again because this is, you know, this is what's going to get me reelected again. I mean, you got, you got to get the money out of politics. That's what right. it's all about. Not only that, but you got to get the, the career part out of it. I mean, you really I mean, I, have to put a time limit on this. I don't, I don't think we necessarily do. I don't, I'm not a fan of uh, term limits myself. Um, I don't really see the point in it. I think if you have, if you have it in your mind of just getting reelected and you're constantly fundraising, then you're not really going towards a goal of getting anything accomplished. Um, you're not really serving your people. I think at a certain point, your, your status takes precedent over your job. Possibly. I think that it's so easy for them to get out of touch with the people they're supposed to represent. But, but I mean, the, the people that are, if, if you take money out of politics now, who are you? Politics. Huh? You'll never take money out of politics. Why not? Greed. The people have to vote for it are the ones that are getting it. They're not going to vote for it. They're voting themselves over pay raise every time you turn around. Sure. I'm not, I'm not opposed to their pay raises. That's not what I mean when I say money out of politics. Um, but as far as you, you talk, you talked about if you're just campaigning all the time and raising money all lobbyists? the time, that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, and really it's, it's to what's going into their campaign. So you're as a, as a candidate, you're either beholden, you're beholden to your donors. You are, which, mm-hmm. so all I ask is who are your donors are the people that are voting for you, your donors, because then I have no problem with you raising money from those people because they're the ones that are deciding if you continue to have your job or not. Mm-hmm. So th- it, it really gets rid of your incentive of maintaining your status because they only let you maintain the status if you're doing the job. Yeah. But Which, if you're beholden you know, to corporations, and Tulsi now you're, made a you're lost talking about that. She said, you know, people are only allowed to donate like $5,200 total during a presidential candidate campaign. He goes, she goes, but you know, the DNC has figured out ways around that so that they're instituting corporations and then assigning a person to each one of those donations. And then the corporation donates the money. And she's like, that's why I'm not taking any donations from DNC. She's like, it's totally people funded. And yeah, she was the first candidate I've ever given money to. I'm like, I've never been passionate enough about 
politics to do that. But she was the first person I was like, okay, this is, this is all of the attributes I'm asking from a person. I don't agree with everything she says, but, but you know, everything she says that she's standing for, I think is the right move. It'd be the same kind of things I would be, you know, moving towards if I were a candidate, I'd, I'd be the one that would, you know, want to call out people who are doing things that are dirty. I'd be the kind of person that, of course, my wife always says, you'd be the kind of person that kicks off, gets kicked off of Survivor first. And I was like, okay, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually you got to call BS where you see it. I mean, and if you're in that realm and you have the ability and, and it's going to be very hard for you to bite your tongue, you're just like, all right, we're going to cut through the crap here. And in a way, you know, Trump tried to do that in the beginning with what he was saying, but then he just went about it wrong. I mean, he's like a bull in a China shop. Just, I don't know. I wish he'd stop picking fights with celebrities. Why, why bother? He's a child. Yeah. He's gotten a lot of things done though, which is the, which is the hard part to wrap like, your head around. Has he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what? Uh, I don't have the statistics in front of me. I'm not that smart. Okay. You're, you're the political guy. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. Just take my word for it. I'm the political guy. You got, you're the political guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm just the guy with the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is called stuff I heard. It's not stuff I know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I heard he's doing really well. I'm I don't sticking know. to the brand, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I never thought about that with the name of the show that like. You could kind of yeah. Nothing has to be factual. <laughs> yeah, it's just what I heard, man. I can make up a totally random story here, and you'd be like, "Really?" I'm like it's stuff I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally why I came up with the title because I, I was brainstorming it with my wife, and I was like, I told her I said, you know, I just kind of want to talk. And there's times where I'm talking to my friends, and we just make up crap. And she she was like, "So it's just crap you heard?" And I was like, "Stuff I heard." And she was like. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm going with it. And she was like, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, bless her heart. I can't believe she's allowed me to do all this crazy shit. <laughs> she's probably glad it keeps you busy. <laughs> well, when this, you know, this room I'm sitting in at one time was a kid's bedroom. And then whenever she got into running, we had turned this room into an exercise room. It had an elliptical machine and a treadmill. And I put a TV up on the wall, raised up really high so she could, she could run and watch TV while she's doing it. And then we were literally sitting on the couch and I was, I was telling her about wanting to do a podcast with my phone and my brain went and we could convert that bedroom into a podcast room. <laughs> and I said it out loud and she went, Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. And I was thinking to myself one day <laughs> Yeah. and then uh, things just worked out. I mean, geez, I don't know. I, I there's a lot of, people that believe that you have to have a plan in place in order to do anything. Um, one of my friends, uh, Greg Steele, he has a podcast called five and 40 and he loves planning things. So he calls it five and 40 because he does five subjects in about 40 minutes. That's, that was sort of his outline of what to do in the beginning. He loves doing research. So he'll talk about subjects and he'll bring all kind of facts and it's very interesting, but he's gotten feedback on the parts that people really like the most is they enjoy the facts, but they really enjoy his last segment, which is usually like a random thing. And he'll talk about something he's excited about. Yeah. And so for a while he was doing one on uh, bourbons and he really enjoys bourbons and he was talking about different kinds of bourbons. And then he started doing stuff on music and people started giving a lot of feedback on the music stuff. And now it's like one of the people's favorite things they write in and they're like, Hey man, do, do the seventies music thing on this, on this band or do, you know, 
So now he's like on this thing of talking about more and more stuff with music, but he loves the research. Like that's his whole thing is he like, I want facts. I want to talk about facts. So here's the weird thing is he's in Albany, Georgia, and it's one of the epicenters of this coronavirus. He has like the, the third or fourth largest um, mortality rate um, per capita in the world. And so he's a nurse practitioner working in infectious disease in the hospital there in Albany. So he's like in the middle of all this going on. And for him, it's very number centric because he's constantly looking at statistics. He's constantly looking at ways that they're trying to be safe and trying to protect people. So a large part of his show now is, is talking about how to keep, you know, everybody safe during this and what they're learning and what they're trying to figure out. And I'm like, every once in a while he'll call me, he goes, Hey, can I be on your podcast and just talk about nothing? And I was like, sure. (laughs) He goes, I'm just sick and tired of talking about this shit, man. Can I, (laughs) yeah. Can we talk about final fantasy seven or I don't know who knows, whatever, something in the news, something, something going on with a celebrity or something. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we'll do that, you know, but I don't know. I think there's a balance there. Um, I've heard it said that comedians don't tend to watch comedy when they come home. They tend to watch dramas. Yeah. People who do drama only watch comedies. Yeah. I guess otherwise they're going to be sitting there critiquing it maybe, you know, yeah, exactly. instead of just absorbing it, taking it in. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I, to me, it's the balance in life. You know, if your job is to, let's say your job is, uh, I don't know, a forensic scientist and all day long, you're just finding dead bodies and trying to figure out why they died and stuff like that. The last thing you want to do is come home and watch your job. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah. let me put on something mindless and silly and just laugh for a while, you know? Yep. So maybe that's why TikTok is so popular. I have no idea why TikTok is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like, I heard TikTok was out and I was like, what is TikTok? And every once in a while I'd see a video of somebody dancing and singing along to something. Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge of TikTok. It's, I wish we would have just kept Vine, like, cause it's kind of similar to Vine, you know? I don't, I don't even know what Vine was, except that it was supposed to be like, what, less than a minute? Six. I think that they were like six or seven seconds long. Oh. But there was a lot of like uh, dance challenges and stuff that were done on Vine a lot of challenges and that, that seems to, that's all I see coming out of TikTok is like whatever the new challenge is, you know? Hmm. I don't know. All I know is, uh, the podcast, your mom's house with uh, Tom Segura and Christina Przinsky. Yeah. She, she loves watching what she calls TikTokers, which is, I guess the lowest common denominator of the internet <laughs> with people like drinking bleach or, Oh God, doing something really ridiculous. Like, a toothless woman's like, talking about me and my boyfriend, like having another boyfriend or, or, or you know, whatever, some crazy thing. And <laughs> she's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe these people exist, but it, she calls them TikTokers, And so she has an element of their show where they always talk about, can you believe this TikToker? You know, and it's like an, it's like a verb now. Like they've, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, or an, or an adjective, I guess, you know, can't believe this TikToker. blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. Every once in a while, somebody will post a TikTok on Instagram and I'll, and it's usually somebody dancing and yeah. I'm like, okay. Or just singing along to something. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been using Twitter a lot. That's, uh, that's what I've been on. I don't like Twitter. No, I like to me. Twitter is only useful to talk to celebrities. 
Because like comedians that I follow, they're more apt to answer you back on Twitter than they are anything else. Yeah. But Instagram is more where they'll show you what's going on on stage or in, with their family. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. No, Twitter... They, they won't respond to you there, but they will respond to you on Twitter, which is weird. Twitter's, Twitter's really good for, yeah, for, for reaching out to content creators and actually getting to have some sort of interaction with them. Um, and then it's also really good for news. Like for, if something's immediately breaking and happening, you know, you can, you can find the, the reporter that's tracking it that you seem to trust or enjoy their content and just keep watching. Now for a while I erased everything on Twitter except for news sources. And I wanted to get a broad spectrum news source following and not just CNN or Fox or something like that. Yeah. No, I don't so use any of those guys. <laughs> I had like, I had like BBC, Al Jazeera. Um, um, there was like three or four that was obscure, but it, it seemed to be like world news. So if it was yeah. like something that happened in America and it was a big deal, it'd be on the world news. Um, but then I also followed like CNN and Fox just to see what they said or CBS just to see what they said of their version of it. Um, yeah. and it was interesting to see the differences of like if the BBC talked about it or Al Jazeera talked about it versus what CNN or Fox would say. And you sort of have to derive the, the truth from all these stories and go, okay, so this is what really happened. Okay. All right. I don't know. It, it seems silly that you have to go through that kind of length to figure out the facts of a situation that's just supposed to be news. <laughs> But we live in a, we live in a that, day that's where the problem. CNN and Fox News are not trying to give you facts. They're not. That's not right. what they're doing. They're trying to sell you fear. They're trying to sell you whatever they can. Yeah. Tune you in. You are tune in tonight to figure out what's going to get you next. I mean, yeah. That's the that's the slogan of the of the show, basically. Um. Yeah. If it was happiness, if it was happiness that drew people to news, that's all you'd get out of it because that's what would be making them money. Yeah. It's it's all profit motive and it's kind of disgusting. Now, there is some <laughs> content creators that that are active on Instagram that I've been able to direct messages and they'll write me back. Like, um, well, I don't want to say the guy's name, but there's a guy that is on a podcast that's a content creator. He's not he's not on the screen. He's the guy behind the engineer behind the thing. Yeah. And I've reached out to him and said, you know, Hey, by the way, what, what mixer board are you using? Cause I'm using this and I'm just starting out and I'm just kind of looking to upgrade. And he's wrote me back a nice thing saying, well, this is what I started with. And I moved up to this and I'm using this thing. I'm like, cool. Thanks. And over time I've been able to reach out to him here and there and just ask questions. And he's answered me right away. And that's great. Um, recently there's a company called press. It's one of these hard seltzer companies that's out. Um, my wife and her friends all drink different kinds of, of the alcoholic seltzer stuff that's out trying to find one they like. Cause they know it's like lower carb and lower calorie, but it's still like a way to be social with your friends and have a drink and not just be crazy with drinking liquor. Um, yeah. Anyway, they found this company called press. Uh, somebody brought some from Ohio and then another lady brought some from Florida and we couldn't find any here. And they were, you know, they were talking about it one day and I was like, I mean, we can reach out to them. And so I found them on Twitter and Instagram and I wrote them a message on both. And I thought, I wonder if they're ever going to reply within a minute or two, somebody replied to me on Instagram and they were like, Oh, we found some and it's at your local IGA. Um, I'm not sure where else you can find it, but here's the addresses of the IGAs that where they have some. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. So I went out and we, we found some and bought some and I sent them a, a picture back and I said, thank you for, you know, reaching out. And so I, I was able to take that 
I took a photo of it and took it to Mickey Finn's and I said, Hey, would you guys be willing to carry this? I don't know who distributes it. And so they then got my phone number and they called me this week and they said, Hey, we got some in. I was like, cool. I'll be there. I'll be there and pick some up. So I got some and, you know, send my message back again. They were like, Oh, cool. Thanks. You know, we're, we're trying to get the word out. We're a small company. And it's, it's literally made by some lady in her kitchen. Like she just <laughs> came up with an idea for this stuff and, and made it herself. Um, and it's one of those companies that's just through the internet has grown. Yeah. Um, here in South Carolina, um, I went to school with a guy named Victor Webster who um, started putting on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, a vodka company down in Charleston called Sweetgrass Vodka. And I sent him a message. I was like, did, did you just buy a vodka company? He goes, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I went, I went half in with this guy. And so we're making this now. And then when this, you know, when, when this stuff come out, you know, it wasn't out in South Carolina yet. He, I think they're selling it in Florida and Louisiana, but they're getting licensing to get into South Carolina in May um, at the military bases first. And then they're going to roll out to other places. But when this pandemic happened, they switched their factory over to start making hand sanitizer and they just started cranking out hand sanitizer and giving them away. Yeah. He's just been donating it like crazy. And I was like, listen, I'd love to have you on the podcast and talk about it. And he's like, totally. He goes, I'm just so busy right now. I can't. He goes, when it's all blows over and starts to level out, he goes, I'll definitely be on and we'll talk about it and all this stuff. And I was like, cool. I like the fact that through social media that people can be reached. And especially if you have, you know, something you're selling or something that you're trying to promote or anything like that, there's a platform for everybody. You know, it, it makes me crazy whenever somebody gets on the news or, you know, will happen to get on the radio and go, yeah, I just, I'm trying to get my, my voice out there, but nobody will listen. And I'm like, you're not trying. There's avenues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just got to get people to click on it. <laughs> right. Right. But it's all through, it, it's just, it's effort. Like it's, it's not going to come to you. People aren't going to knock on your door and be like, Hey, we, we heard you had a good idea. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> would you please tell me your good idea? Right. I mean, you got to do the legwork. You got to hump. You got to go after it, you yeah. know, but I don't know. I think it's all through effort. Absolutely. Is it cold where you're at? You're wearing a toboggan and a hoodie. Um, it's not really. So like I said, it gets cold at night and then warms up a lot more during the day. Kind of like that big delta in temperature that you get in a desert. Um, mm -hmm. But for that reason, like right now, I just have my heat completely turned off. So mm -hmm. when I wake up in the morning, it's about 60 62 degrees in the house and then by like the time the sun is setting it's about 70 so i've got like an eight or ten degree swing in the house that i just let happen so this is on from earlier this morning when it was 62 degrees when i woke up oh, okay. <laughs> yeah right. but saves on the the heat and gas my dad's in maine and they're getting snow right now yeah yeah he's really excited about that I bet he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in New York for three years, and I was not a fan of the uh, the winters there. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, they bought land in Georgia, and their plan was to go to Georgia during the winter when it got ridiculously cold. Um, they have a spot set up with an RV that they can park the RV on, and it's got you know septic tank and water and electricity already plugged in. Um, 
they came down and it started raining like crazy and it didn't stop raining for like two months. And then the pandemic happened and he was like, we're just going to go home. <laughs> like, we're just, we're just going to go back to Maine because this is ridiculous. Yeah. If it's, it's going to rain every day and we're stuck inside, I might as well be stuck inside at my house. So they drove back up to Maine and just dealt with the snow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But anywho, um, I've been watching uh, this show on Netflix called uh, Afterlife. Ricky Gervais, have you seen it? I have not. So it's two seasons now. The second season just came out. Um, the first season, in the previews, it tells you, this is not a spoiler. In the previews, it shows you his wife passed away of cancer and he's supposed to continue on living. And she made him a video on his laptop that he watches daily of her giving him encouragement. And it's very, it's very, there's elements of it that are sad, but there's also elements of it that are very uplifting. And it's, um, it's one of those things where, like we were talking about earlier, a comedian doing a drama, it seems to be something they can tap into very easily because there are elements in comedy that are very dramatic Ricky Gervais always had a flair for the dramatic. He's excellent in this. Yeah. Um, especially season two. Um, the, the episodes are only like 20 something minutes long, you know, without the, without the commercial or without the, um, the credits, it's maybe 25 minutes long. So you can burn through the season easily. Um, yeah. but there's a scene at, at, at the last part of the season two where I was this close to crying this this close just he had me <laughs> yeah I, I i would probably cry then i i am a sucker for tear jerking anything in a media yeah. though they'll, they'll get me real quick <laughs> there's there, there's a lot of silliness that happens there's a lot of you know because he's he's trying to get out there and he's trying to like interact with his neighbors and people he don't normally talk to but he's like yeah whatever i mean i'm what other choice do i have yeah um but yeah, there's a scene towards the end where you, he had me, you know, and it's, it's, um, I always say that it's the element of a good actor to make you forget that you're watching a person who's acting. Yeah. Like, okay. So take example, if you watch anything with Matthew McConaughey in it, there's not a moment you don't go, Oh, Matthew McConaughey's in this cool. <laughs> but if you watch, uh, Castaway, it's pretty, pretty quickly that you forget you're watching Tom Hanks and you're watching this dude stranded on an Island. You're like, Holy crap. Yeah. You know, it's just a different element of acting in my opinion. You know, it's that, it's that job of the actor to make you forget you're watching them portray something. And, you know, Tom Hanks does such a good job of it in Castaway. He makes you care about the stupid volleyball when it floats away and he's yelling, well, and you're like, he's lost his money. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait a second. This is a volleyball in a movie. (laughs) What is wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Holy crap. He's that good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's moments like that. And, you know, I look forward to watching shows that, that kind of take you out of that. Um, To me, uh, you know, we're talking about altered carbon earlier, Anthony Mackie as the main guy in season two did a great job of that. You know, I think the show's genius in the fact that because of the whole stack and sleeve thing, you can have a new main character every year. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's 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 kind of like that. Uh, um, God, what's the Doctor Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the way it's set up, anybody can play that. They have an animated one that's out. Have you seen the animated one? 
I I saw that it was on Netflix, but I haven't watched it. It's pretty good. It's 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 way more violent than the show. Um, yeah. Well, because it's cartoon, they can do all kind of disgusting things. Yeah. It's a lot easier budget wise to draw it than it is to digitalize it. You know. Yeah. But it's a decent story. Um, but yeah, it kind of opens the door up to what you want to, you know, whatever you want to do. You could even have the main character be a female, not a guy. And they could figure out a way to make it right. I mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What are we, two hours in? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So this would be like your normal podcast, except another hour, and it's just political. Yeah, which I gotta tell you, be, if it's too long politics, I'm just not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll yeah. promote you. I'll be like, check out Ox's thing, man. He's all over this stuff, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm not watching. Well, it. so I think I think what our our idea with it's probably going to be is kind of like how Joe breaks his stuff up into clips. Yeah. Um, me and my buddy Andrew just uh, we were already doing this thing where when we would call or talk or whatever, it would end up being like multiple hours, and we just go in depth on some topic. So we were like, let's just put it out there. And, but yeah, I think we're probably going to create clips and stuff. And I, I assume that'll be the more common views that we get is, is just watching little, little clips that we, we break out of there. So, hmm. cause I, I don't even usually with Joe's three hour podcast, I don't always watch them all in one sitting. Um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to it on the way to and from work maybe two days in a row and that'll get me almost there. Um, yeah. So three you hours know, is definitely a lot. He's done a couple of five hour ones. Um, wow. I know he did a five hour one with, uh, with Bert Kreischer and I think he did a five hour one with, um, Duncan Trussell one time. I love Duncan. Um, I love <laughs> Duncan's crazy, man. I love that guy. <laughs> the, not this, not the past one that he did recently, but the one he did just before that, where he's in the full ghillie suit. Yeah. I sent that, <laughs> I sent that to my friends and they were like immediately within like 30 minutes, several of my friends wrote me. was like, all right, he's just way too out there for me. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. <laughs> no, I love that guy. I, I agree. Every time he starts talking, I'm like, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Have, have you listened to his podcast? The Duncan Trussell family hour? Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I got to watch his show. His, uh, I was a big fan of, show. of Pete Holmes. Uh, um, you made it weird. And he was a regular guest with Pete Holmes all the time. They were like friends. Uh, I guess whenever he had his testicular cancer, uh, Pete was like with him a lot during that. And so was Joe. I didn't realize that, that Joe and him were friends until after I'd heard Duncan on Pete's podcast a few times um, I noticed one day I was looking at Joe's thing and I was like, wait, Joe knows Duncan too. I was like, well, of course he knows him. They're, they're both comedians. And then he talks about on the podcast, how they were roommates for a while. And I was like, get out of town. Oh, that's so, yeah. so cool. You know? Yeah. Joe and Duncan are like best buds. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I guess, uh, at one time, one or one or both of them were homeless at some point and they lived with each other. <laughs> I think one lived with one for a while and then one lived with the other for a while when they were, you know, moving to California and trying to figure it out and nice make their big break. But yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. I really liked, uh, Pete Holmes. Uh, you made it weird, but, um, at a certain point I, I stopped listening and I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I really enjoyed it. 
it's just like stopping to watch you, you stop watching a tv show or stop playing a video game and yeah you know there's there's tons of video games that i never finished that i was loving playing and i just stopped at some point and never finished it yeah well and but i'm a completionist like i'm I oh. really have to finish something if i start it even if it's a like a crappy movie I got to watch all the crappy movie because there's some element in my brain that goes, someone talked somebody into a lot of money for this. <laughs> and you're like, I'm, I'm trying to find the redeeming factor of going, what is the one thing you sold them on? Cause so far it's just junk, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. If I start something really crappy, I'll just keep watching it. And my wife sometimes will walk through. She goes, what are you watching? I'm like, this thing's awful. She's like, why are you watching it? I'm like, I got to find out how it ends. <laughs> the Irishman. <laughs> the Irishman. Yeah. I'm Three. not a fan of the Irishman. No, man, it's too long. It's too much crap. I like the fact that it was based on a book called I Paint Houses. And it was this guy who supposedly was, you know, Hoffa's best friend who says he killed him. Yeah. Um, you know, did it really happen that way? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, one of the, you know, it, I watched the the show after the show where they talked about the fact that they were all in their 70s. And there's scenes where they're supposed to portray that they're younger. And Scorsese was on him like, you got to move faster. He goes, I'm 76. He goes, yeah, but in this scene, you're 46. So run. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, crap. So yeah, I had to do stuff over and over again to pick up the pace. And it's a story that he wanted to tell for a long time. But it's like, it's one of those things where you have to have a, you have to have the right things aligned so that you have the budget, you have the people and you have the time. And yeah. I guess during the, the, this Netflix surge, you know, Scorsese says, I want to make a movie. They go. <laughs> yeah. Netflix is always going to be, if you can't get a major outlet, like, you know, Warner brothers or Paramount or whoever Fox to, to buy your movie. Netflix probably will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You no. Know? Well, and I think their model though is, is, you know, we'll offer it to you. We're not, we can't pay you a lot, but if it takes off, I mean, your next project, yeah. maybe we'll fund better. Yeah. And I mean, the actors are taking that risk too. I call it the breaking bad theory. You know, whenever he made breaking bad, uh, Rob, uh, was it, um, uh, uh, Cranston, he said, you know, that he got paid crap for that first season, but their theory was this is going to pay off in the long run. And so they made the, they made it on a, like a shoestring budget and shopped it around. Nobody wanted to buy it. And then when it eventually got picked up, AMC, you know, showed it for, um, I think the whole first season, it got bad ratings and they kept saying, no, 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 just stick with it. It's going to pick up, you know? And I think it wasn't until the end of the first season that the ratings started picking up like crazy. And they were like, okay, we'll do another season. So like they were getting paid nothing the first season, just bare minimum. And then yeah. the second season, it, when it took off, they were able to renegotiate. But you know, it was that risk of, you know, we're just going to try and put out good content and hopefully it'll be something, you know, which I hear is the same thing that Justin Bateman did with the, uh, the Ozarks, like he was a writer, director, producer, and acted in it. I mean, he's, if you pick her, picture a, a poker match of, of events, he's like sliding all of his chips forward and going, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's a really good show. It plays like a movie the whole time. Yeah. It's yeah. very cinematic. Yes. And the character development is just enough that you know who they are without having to say too much. Yeah. I mean, doesn't matter who it is. I mean, the first time you're introduced to the snails, you're like, Okay, these are dangerous people. <laughs> <laughs> they are, those are some crazy fucking, I'm sorry, excuse yeah. my language. Those are some crazy people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
when you go to the trailer park and you see them hanging around and, and just doing nothing, you know, drinking and smoking, and you're like, okay, I know these people right yeah. away. Like, with it, it just yeah. I have family out. members like that. Yeah, I yeah. know these people. Yeah, it, <laughs> the, the scene they can cut through all the BS very quickly, and you go, okay, I know what's going on here. They don't have to explain yeah. much. It's like let's just get into the plot. Let's let's talk about it, and immediately yeah. you're in. Um, I like the fact that it's you know people try to compare it to Breaking Bad, and I'm like, yeah, but it's Breaking Bad after the family already knows everything. Cause within the first episode, the whole family knows what's what's up and they're all yeah. on board cause they have to be. Yeah. And it, they just rip that bandage off in the first episode and you're like, okay, what do we do if everybody knows? And they, and the cool part about it is they never forget to talk about the kids. Yeah. The kids play a very big role in the, in the season the whole time. So Yeah. And the son, I think the son is the smartest person on the whole show. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the kids. The kids clearly some sort of genius, man. Yeah, like, he's taking he's taking all the stuff his dad taught him, like tertiary, just talking about. And went, oh, I'm gonna take that ball and run with it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, I'm an expert on that now. Yeah. What do I learn? What do I learn next? What was this thing this past year? He's he's mining uh, video game gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got bots playing for him. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a real thing, man. <laughs> oh, but he was turning it into real cash. I was like, go ahead, yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, dude, I got to wrap this up because I got to get uh, some dinner going here soon. Yep. Sounds but, uh, good, man. Appreciate you coming on and, and doing the podcast. And anytime you want to come on to promote your podcast or talk about what's going on, or if you just want to shoot me a message and say, hey, we got the first episode up. Can you throw me a shout out? I'll do that. Cool, man. Cool. Uh, Appreciate it. Had a, had a good time. All right. So um, <clears throat> the podcast went on for a few minutes here where we were trying to figure out what happened. Apparently, we were over two hours, and somewhere in that range, Alex's um, Zoom decided to do an update. So we don't know if we hit a um, specific time cutoff or if he got booted off because we'd done two hours. Um, thank you to Zoom, of course, for allowing us to do this for free right now and not giving us a time limit. Um, that's very generous of them to allow us to do that on their platform. I hope this is free advertising for them and they can see it as a benefit as well. Um, it is very helpful for podcasters and for you know families to communicate with one another, but you know more specifically for podcasters to be able to video record and audio record their podcasts with guests. So. Special thank you to them. Thank you to Alex for being on the podcast. Again, check out his podcast uh, that's coming up, uh, People Over Corpse. It will be coming. Uh, I don't know when, but when it does, he's going to send me a, a message or possibly come on again and talk about it. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that we had. Um, I really didn't know what we are going to talk about. Um, we had kind of discussed it a little bit ahead of time of things he didn't want to discuss. Uh, there's things he's not allowed to discuss and I can't tell you why. <clears throat> so, uh, it's classified. So anyway, um, really smart guy, really fun guy to talk to. Uh, I'm glad he was on. He, he was fun to talk to. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, please help support the podcast. Go on to whatever you listen to this on. If you're listening to it or if you're watching on YouTube and rate review, subscribe, and share with your friends. Give us a five star. I mean, come on. What's it take? Just a little click. Come on. You know you want to taste. Um, 
that allows us to then move up the charts, which allows us to keep doing these and allows you know more people to find it, uh, which is how I get better. The more of these I've done, I'm sure you guys have noticed, I'm getting better. It just takes doing them, though. So, um, sorry, my phone was ringing. Um, but yeah, give us a shout out, share with your friends. And uh, if you want to stop by the website, www.stuffiheard.com, and possibly connect to us there or uh, buy some merch. I got some merch listed on there. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. And uh, as always, cue the cow. <laughs> 